Welcome to Paul Mort Talk Shit. Curious fellow, but I like him. Paul Mort Talk Shit. Paul Mort Talk Shit. Paul Mort Talk Shit. He's a shady character. What's his name? All right. Uh, hey, we're back. First time in a while. Paul Mort Talk Shit. Today, I am talking shit. May I always get your name wrong? Because everyone must think you just called Nick Capo, right? They do, yeah. And your full name is? Nicholas Wickham. I feel like I'm, we're in a, <laughs> I feel like we're in a fucking interview. <laughs> Nicholas Whitcomb. Mate, I'm very excited to have you on. We've been trying to do this for a while. A couple of reasons why you couldn't come on. But I first, you first caught my attention. Like, I'm sure you caught many people's attention during 2020 when uh, I still look back on that period and think, what the fuck was happening? What was that? How did that all, that whole thing start for you? Because you must have got, you're a gym owner, right? Yep. Yeah. Well, it started for us in the October of 2020. So we're already, what, six, seven months into the pandemic at that mm -hmm. point. And then they mm -hmm. brought in, <clears throat> if you remember, we'd come out of the national lockdown. Yeah. Cases were going up again and they were talking about introducing the tier system. <clears throat> and I think most of the country at that point was in either tier one or tier two. Had your gym been closed from when? Yeah, so we closed we closed in the national lockdown with everybody else, which was the March of yes. twenty twenty. Yes. Because at that point nobody, nobody knew, knew what the crap Nobody yeah. knew anything. No, yeah. and it, it seemed the logic it seemed that the, the the logical approach was right, everyone take a step let's back. Let's be safe. Let's yeah. be safe. Let's find out what this is and then yeah. assess from there. So yeah. we, we had no we had no qualms with the initial lockdown. I thought yeah. that was a sensible move at the time. Yeah. It, maybe not for the period that it went on for, but yeah. at the, at the time it was the right decision. So we closed and we gave all of our equipment away to our members. We just basically put a post up and said, look guys, anything that moves, you can take it. Yeah. So we had treadmills go out the door, yeah. squat racks, machines, absolutely everything to yeah. our members. And it, you know, it worked, that worked really well through the first lockdown. Yeah. Um, we emptied our entire gym out, all the kit went and every single piece come back. You talk oh, that's tens amazing. and tens of thousands of pounds worth of equipment and it all come back spotless. So we, we survived the first lockdown, get through the summer, cases drop, everyone's out and about, life seems normal again. Everyone's it? drinking intense. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's the cubes outside. And you can't, uh, Yeah. <laughs> so we go through all that. And then we're, we're approaching autumn, cases rise, tier system comes in. And then there's whispers of Liverpool being made the, the guinea pig, the trial for tier three, which they didn't have at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, so this was whispered about on the news for weeks and weeks and weeks. Cases in Liverpool, cases in Liverpool. You could see the, <coughs> you could see where they were going with it very early. You know, the the the, the rhetoric was very obvious. Yeah. Um, and then, probably end of the first week in October, they said, right, Liverpool's definitely going into tier three. Uh, they um, they published the legislation online as to what you could and couldn't do within tier three, what it meant for the normal person, what it meant for businesses. So we, we had a scan through this legislation and there was nothing within there that stated that fitness centres, gyms, leisure centres, none of that was to close. It wasn't even mentioned whatsoever because oh. at, at the time, I think we had, I think hospitality was at about 20 to 25% of the infection rate. Education was at like 30%. And yeah. we were down the bottom at like 1.5, 1.6%. So <clears throat> we weren't in there. We didn't expect to be in there. Fantastic. A few days later, probably coming to 9th of uh, October now, Boris comes on television, announces that in so many days' time, Liverpool are going to be pushed into Tier 3. And then he brings forward a list and states all the industries that are to close. 
going through the list, yeah. everything on there that you expect, and it gets towards the bottom, and it's gyms, health centres, fitness centres. Swimming pools, swimming pools, I yeah, think yeah, was in yeah. there as well, yeah. Everything to close. And obviously, we'd already le- read the legis- legislation at this point, and that was never mentioned. Mm. So straight away, there were red flags. <clears throat> and this was, the announcement was three days ahead of when it actually happened. So we, we had a, there's another gym that's about a mile or two down the road from my place in Powered, mm-hmm. uh, with Chris and Thea. And we, we're really close with them because when I when I bought the gym business that I have now, <clears throat> the existing approach to other gyms from that owner was, <laughs> oh, you mate, know, yeah, gym mate. beef, gym walls. I was in that industry a long time. Yeah, I love I, that you've said that, that you're close to them. It's class, that. Yeah, so, like, uh, I don't adopt that mentality whatsoever of, I want you to do bad, so I do better. Yeah, like, yeah, fuck yeah, you. Yeah. Like, yeah. There eight, are enough people that we've need got the eight help million the gym. gym users in the UK. Yeah. If you're falling out with people a few miles down the road over two members because <laughs> they've jumped ship, then yeah. you're an imbecile. Yeah. But, so when I come in, I was like, right, enough of this. Let's connect with the local gyms. What have you got that's better than what we've got? What yeah. have we got that's better than you've got? Let's share. Yeah. So we swap resources, we swap contacts, we yeah. support each other as much as possible. Amazing. The, Amazing. The pool's big enough to, to fish yeah. from. Do you know what I mean? So I reach out to Chris and Thea. We have a conversation. <clears throat> You know, we discussed the fact it's not in legislation. It doesn't look legal. doesn't look like it'll stand up. You know, what, what are we going to do? And it was actually Thea's suggestion. She, she, she puts in the chat, she's like, well, what if we don't close? So what do you mean? What, what if we don't close? Because at this point now, we're six, seven months into the pandemic, and we've not really seen the the resilience and the resistance of people not closing. Like, there was, there was none of that. There was, yeah. no, there was no precedent. People were just following the rules. Yeah. People were following the rules because we'd done the first lockdown, and as we say, it was the right thing to do. Then we'd mm. had the summer, everything was normal. Mm. So we were only just kind of pushing into the restrictions, tightening up again. So at that point, everyone was conformed with everything. <clears throat> so Thea's like, we just, what if we don't close? Mm. Like, okay. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> and Thea's like me. Thea's from council estates. You know, she's, she's had the the... The true nitty gritty, gritty yeah. you know, she's, she's been brought up yeah. with character, shall we say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I said, look, all right, well, if you're in, I'm in. Yeah. But don't say you're in and then not be in. Do yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. we have this conversation anyway, and we, we decide, right, we're going to do this, but let's get, you know, let's get, um, let's consult with some local politicians and see what they think first. Because in black and white legislation said this, this isn't, shouldn't be happening. There's yeah. a contrast between what's written in the legislation and what Boris is saying on yeah. television. So we speak to our local MPs, we spoke to both of our local mayors, we spoke to our regional MP, and every single one of them was like, you, you're exactly right. It's not in the legislation. You shouldn't be closed. But the Prime Minister said it, and we have to go along with it. <laughs> so we are going to contest it, but for the meanwhile, you, you're going to have to do it. So we've got these people telling us, oh, you're in the right, but you just have to do it anyway. And if we'd have just gone along with it anyway, the chances of that ever getting changed... Mm. We'd have been irrelevant compared mm. to everything else that was going on in the country. Opening some gyms, yeah. as far as far as the politicians are concerned, and you've seen, you've only got to watch daily politics to see the, you know, the, the median age and weight of our politicians. Yes. None of them know what a gym looks like. No. Yeah, so they don't care. Yeah, as far as they're concerned, we're all brain dead brutes yeah. left in steel. Yeah, so we get to the day before. Tier three was due to be enforced onto Liverpool, so we're probably two days past the announcement now. Me and Thea said, look, we'll put a video up at the same time tonight. We're staying open. You're staying open. We stand in unity. Anyone else that wants to get on board with us, let's do it. We're doing it for the right reasons. In our initial post, we included every stat that we could possibly provide, mental health statistics, statistics, the infection rate statistics, everything that was relevant. 
we covered in there. This is why we shouldn't be closing. This is why we're safe. This is what the legislation states. It was never a COVID's not real. We're not closing. We're not going down the conspiracy rabbit hole. There wasn't, there wasn't even a need to do that. Yeah. We had government's data. It didn't support the decision that had made. And that, that was as simple as it needed to be. So we put that video up tea time, maybe on the 9th or the 10th of October. And by the following morning, it hasn't been that day. No, the following, no, this was two days before we were due to close. Sorry. So the following morning, the police come and attend the facility. Yeah. They have a word with me and Thea because we, you know, we met up and they said, look, <coughs> tomorrow when this comes in, we're going to have to come and close you. Yeah. We've been made aware of the video you put online because at this point in that first video I put up, got about half a million views. So they were like, we're aware of it. We're going to have to come in the morning. We're like, look, you do what you need to do. Yeah. Completely respect your position. Respect yeah. the fact that you've just got to follow orders. Yeah. No problem. So they left and we thought, right, well, we're probably not going to turn up till three, four, five o'clock tomorrow. We're going to have a bit of time to play with. The day the, the restrictions come into place, I open the gym up. So I, I don't normally work at the gym. Yeah. But on this particular day, I thought I can't leave my staff to deal with whatever's coming. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I opened the gym up at eight o'clock. Then we had a few uh, media outlets there at the time. I think Channel 4 and a few others were there ready for the... Yeah, yeah. See the standoff. Yeah, yeah. Expecting it to be some big confrontation. Yeah. So we opened at eight. By maybe ten past eight in the morning, full squadron of police at the door. Yeah. We had maybe maybe eight officers that had been dispatched from the armed division of, of Merseyside Police, which was... Th this is to come and address a civil issue at this point, by the way. So you've got eight officers from the armed division of Merseyside Police yeah. coming to enforce a civil matter right and issue a fine right but they come in i had a conversation with the, the the lead officer really nice guy he's like look nick we've seen everything you put online we've seen the part of the legislation you're referring to we know you're in the right but we've been told we've got to come down here we've got to shut this down yeah. he's like it's not up to me he said this has come from my his, his exact words my boss's boss's boss we have to come and close you down so the top g the top g <laughs> top g said look go and, <laughs> Come and sort this little scallywag out and close them down, please. Yeah. Uh, so the, the and they were all they were all decent. The guys and they said, "Look, Nick, we don't want to have to give you this fine. Will you just close? Just, just it's not worth it. Just close. Don't want to give because it, it was a thousand pound fine. Yeah. And they can return every three hours, and the fine doubles every three hours until it reaches just ten thousand. Just making that up. Just making that shit yeah, up. Well, like a fucking game show. Most of the pandemic, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Numbers out of a hat. Yeah. But they, they said, we can issue £1,000 now in three hours, 2000 another three, four, eight, and then it caps to 10 and then you can receive a £10,000 fine every three hours. Right. So we'd have been out of business in the first day. Yeah. But he said, look, Nick, please, don't want to give you this fine. I said, look, let me ring Thea. So I rang Thea up. I was like, look, this is actually happening now. Yeah. It's not an Instagram post now. I've got yeah. the police in front <laughs> of me ready to find me. Are we doing it? If we're in, we're in. Yeah. We're in for a penny, we're in for a pound. A lot of pounds. Yeah, a lot of pounds, yeah. We're, we're all in on this. Yeah. Yeah, everything on black. And she just says, we're in. We're with you completely. I said, okay, no problem. Put the phone down, said to the officer, I was like, look, I'm staying open. You do what you need to do. I'll be respectful of you. You be respectful. Mate, it's mad. What was your motive behind this? Because I bet you've had some critics slating you. Like, what was your... Because yeah. that's a lot of heat to put yourself on. A lot of pressure. A, a big thing to put yourself through. What was your... I didn't think that would be the catalyst for what come next. That wasn't even a thought in yeah. my mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like at, at that point, it was just that was the the inner the inner scally off the council estate from Liverpool. Yeah, and a rebel was like, "Yeah, like, this is wrong. On, this is wrong, and we yeah. need to stand up for it." And there's yeah. a <clears throat> historically, there's there's a lot of 
well-documented uh, prejudice from central London and Liverpool and a lot of the north. Yeah. And I've always been brought up, you know, and had that kind of ingrained into me by my grandparents who are from Anfield. Yeah. You know, we, we, we had a really hard time in the 80s. Central government fucked us over. So yeah. I've always had this in the back of my mind of yeah. we get penalised up north. All the wealth's down south. All, all the favours are down south. So yeah. when this come about, and I, we had this opportunity to stand up against something that was black and white wrong. It wasn't a matter of opinion. It was, yeah. look, we this is government's own documents. And yeah. it says... Man, that's one of the things that I loved about what you are doing, and you still do <clears> this now. You have You are presenting fucking facts, not feelings. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the amount of facts that you got, I'm like, you must be some kind of stat though. Like, <laughs> me, honestly, when you drop bombs, I'm like, shit, these are all facts. Like, it's not an, it's not even a deep emotional thing, really. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure there's some emotion attached to it, but yeah. I'm like, this guy's dropping facts. There is. What's, there's nothing to argue with. Yeah, and that, that's kind of... Have you always been like that? Not really, no. I mean, not, that, that was kind of... That comes off the back of me watching stuff like House of Cards and things like that. <laughs> un, un, understanding how to converse in, in yeah. a political way. That, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. That, that, that's difficult. To I suppose it was such a. It was a bit of a risk for you to take, so you had to have. Yeah, you had, I mean, to, had to be ready, stats. and I knew. Obviously, I had my own personal feelings about the entire situation, yes. and you know what, what's been mismanaged and what isn't, isn't you know, uh, uh, as it seems. We didn't even need that. And I said this early on, and there was some critics like, you know, you're not going hard enough on this topic or that topic. And I'm like, you don't need to. If you just stick to the statistics, mm-hmm. government's own statistics, you're talking uh, Office for National Statistics, so all of their own data, figures that you British Heart like Foundation, NHS. Yeah, look, yeah. Like, my opinion is irrelevant. Here's, your own, here's your own information. <laughs> and here's what you're saying. And they are worlds apart. Yeah. And it would have been very easy for us to go down the conspiracy rabbit hole. And, and you know, th- there's a lot of... A lot, of, a lot of what was then considered conspiracy has yeah. now turned out to be yeah. fact. Yeah. But at the time, if you were to enter into that conversation, you were blacklisted immediately. Yeah. And if I'd have gone on television and said, look, I think there's more to this. Yes. I think you're inflating the death toll. I yes. think the PCR test is overcycled. Yeah. That would be me shut down and ridiculed yeah. immediately. Yeah. So I, I didn't take that approach at all. Yeah. I just took raw data. Yeah. I was scanning daily the, uh, the ONS data, the NHS data, everything I could find, everything yeah. that the, the WHO were putting out, the Lancet, the British Medical Journal, yeah. everything they were putting out, I was scanning it, I was taking the facts. Mm-hmm. And I had, Sky tried to trip me up a couple of times, so did Russia today, and they, they'd hit me with questions like, so don't you care people are dying? Whoa, 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 whoa. Not at any point has anybody made this statement whatsoever. Yeah, I said, we should all care that people are dying and it's tragic that we're losing people and we need to take the, the, the most effective measures that we can to prevent this from happening and more, losing more people. And the way that we do that is we look at, look at, the, we look at the industries that can help, the industries that can support the NHS, mm. we look at the infection rates and we do, we, we do a, a, a cost-benefit analysis, yeah. which was never done throughout the entire pandemic, which is yeah. very, very bizarre. The only guy that did it was a professor out of... Uh, Bristol University, and this was in the summer of 2020. He is, <clears throat> and I think his field is specifically uh, like nuclear fallout. He does um, cost-benefit analysis of potential nuclear fallout. So, yeah. you know, he, he understands the models to use. And as far as I'm aware, through the first year, he was the only one that actually put together this this cost-benefit analysis. And the, and the cost of lockdowns over a long period of time is substantially more detrimental than it would have been to just go... Just crack on, but be careful. Yeah, and and that's terrifying. And the WHO have always recommended that they have never ever. You know, the policy stated very clearly that long term lockdown should never be used as a measure against the pandemic. They just shouldn't. Mm. Short term, fantastic. Long term, it should never ever be used. You get something that's called 
I think my professor refers to it as the R value. Right. And it's essentially, <coughs> if we put these measures in place, we will save Granny Dot. Yeah. And she has approximately, she's 81 years old. Mm. Logic suggests she's got maybe two to three years left to live. Okay, so we save her life by introducing X measure. We've now saved three years. Mm. Whereas the cancer referral that got lost mm. for this 14-year-old child which is then going to backlog another year, two years, could then lead to that being, you know, a, a inevitably a really serious case. Yeah. They lose 60 years. Mm. And you have to take the, the you, you know, you have to take a lot of things into consideration with this model, but <coughs> the people that we're saving versus the, the amount of time that we're losing off the people that because uh, I think by, by the October of 2020, we'd lost 350 to 400,000 cancer referrals and a hundred thousand serious cancer referrals. So you're talking Shit. half a million cancer referrals in the first year, yeah. 35 million GP visits lost. Yeah. So th these, these are people who are young in their life. Yeah. You know, we, we had mental health soar yeah. to numbers we've never seen before. We had suicides at an all time high education, absolutely destroyed. We're still, we're still dealing with the, the ramifications of giving out the early GCSEs and everything else, the predicted yep. results. Yep. So it was never a, you know, it ne that never should have been the solution, but, as I say, if we'd introduced that emotional angle to it, yeah. we'd have lost. Yeah. So we didn't. We stuck with the black and white. And yeah. The police are there that day. Yeah. Mate, I'm so glad you brought that back. Because I, I yeah, forgot where we were. What the fuck are we I talking about? Yeah. <laughs> you brought back an expert, mate. I was thinking, Idiot. where were we again? Idiot. But yeah, we're there. Sorry. We're there. Yeah, so we're back at the gym. Yeah. <laughs> I said to the police, look, I'm going to take a video now just to document what's going on. Protect myself, protect you. Do me a favor, do what you need to do for your work, stand apart, do your social distancing, pull your mask up. I don't want to get you in trouble. Mm -hmm. they, were, they were really good guys. Yeah. And I, I knew one of them personally because I could see because he had his, uh, he had his yeah. mask up. <laughs> yeah. But he's one of the lads. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. I, thought, <laughs> yeah. I see why you've come like this. Yeah. That's yeah, awkward. Um, so I took this video, panned around the offices, and zoomed into the big sign. We've got the back of the gym. It says the People's Gym. Yeah. And then I went home, recorded a video in my back garden. I was like, look, this is what just happened. Police have been. You know, we've got an appointment with the mayor again. Mm. Give me this thousand pound fine. We don't know what's going to happen next. Every three hours, going to come back, come back, come back, come back. Mm. The gym stayed open. Gym stayed open. Yeah. Members stayed in. <clears throat> so I launched this video. This would have been on maybe the 11th or 12th of October. And within 24 hours across the two or three platforms, I put it on. It had like five, six million views. Something crazy like that. Mm. That's when things really escalated. That's when we got the attention of everybody everywhere yeah we've gone from this little campaign in our little borough of merseyside to right we're front page of every news outlet in the world right mm. now this is this is just escal escalated really quickly mm. um and we got did part of you expect that i don't never could have expected no. that no like if there was a recipe going into any situation where the end result is you going viral if there was a recipe for that yeah other than Mr. Beast or whoever on YouTube, like who knows? Do you know what I mean? You yeah. could never have predicted going into that. Yeah. Right. We're about to get acknowledgement from the entire world. Mm. And obviously we did get some criticism a little bit later in, oh, you only, you only done this for the fame or for, yeah, the, for yeah, the attention. Yeah. Hang on a minute. We took a massive risk here. Yeah. None of us. And knew also what I bet some of it wasn't the kind of attention that you wanted either. No. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't. It got through that <laughs> first week, we were getting between fifteen and twenty visits from the police every day. Oh shit. But the ground floor of, of my world facility has got no windows. Mm. And it's only got one uh, one access point at the back, one access point at the front, and we've got the whole thing cameraed, and it's kind of sectioned off with a side road, so you can't really access it without being seen from afar. Yes. 
So we got we received this first first fine, and we thought I had a conversation with one of the police before they left. Off record, turned to turn this camera off. And he said, mm-hmm. "Look, just close the front door. Don't don't make it easy for us to make your life difficult because yeah. we don't want to have to do that." Yeah. So we closed the front door, and we had a we had a rear door that's like right tucked away at the back. Yeah. We were bringing people in and out through there. I brought extra staff on at the time to monitor the cameras. Yes. So that anytime they'd see police pull up, and this was 15 to 20 times a day, they'd pull the music down immediately. Yeah. If you want to pause. Yeah. The police would come, check the door, look around. Like musical chairs. Go, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you. Straight, <laughs> bump, music back on, gone. Yeah. And it got to the point where the police knew exactly what we were doing. Yeah. They pull up, they come to the door, they know where the cameras are. We put the hand on the door. Yeah. Because obviously they're wearing the cam. Yeah. We'd look up the camera and go, we're getting off. <laughs> It was brilliant. It got got to the point where we had, and I won't mention. Uh, I was going to mention which division of the police. Then I probably wouldn't be wise. I no. had some police officers training in the gym when other police officers turned up, and they they wouldn't go away at this this time. I can't yeah. remember exactly why. So I yeah. had to hide these police officers in the attic of the gym. Oh shit! Whilst I bring these other police officers in to look around and check it, and everything's okay. Like yeah. it, it was it was a very bizarre situation. But <laughs> I think they obviously all have their own WhatsApp groups in yeah, work. So I think everyone was completely aware of what was going on. Yeah. But it was kind of like, look, we know these lads are right. Yeah, we can't not do our jobs. Yeah, but we can make sure we only do our job to a certain point where we don't need to intervene. Yeah, and we we developed this perfect harmony with the police yeah. and the NHS and the politicians. And th- you know, by the end of that first week, we had the support of everybody. Yeah. It seemed like we were unstoppable. All the politicians, the police, everybody was on our side. And it was like, well, we really are doing something right here. We wouldn't have this many people wanting to support us if we yeah. weren't doing something right. Yeah. So we got maybe five or six days into it. At this point, we've been, it was like churning the press out. We were sneaking the press in and we'd have like, we'd have ITV. We'd finish with ITV, go straight into Channel 4, then straight onto Sky and then into Russia today. And then we were doing, uh, you know, journalists coming to report, take, uh, do articles and stuff. We had the yeah. New York Times in, which was a Shit. surreal experience. Last man. But we had, we had a, lit- quite literally every media outlet that you can think of wanted a piece of this and I think at the time people were I wasn't too tired of the restrictions but th- this time around people were willing to ask the question why which we should have from day yeah. one there should, there, there should never be a contest for those who want to ask the question we live in a democracy you should be able to ask well why are you doing this where is the data to support yeah. that you know what I mean? That doesn't yeah. give anybody the right to break the law yeah. but if they introduce legislation or law you are, you, you are perfectly entitled to say okay how did we reach that decision? Yeah. What, what democratic process did we go through that is data supported that you know inevitably brought us to this outcome? Yeah. And I think people really had an appetite at this point to, you know, they see somebody doing something that they feel they do in that same situation, and that's where we got a lot of backing, and then we got a lot of the other gyms on board, and all of a sudden we had this 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 only developed over probably two days. We had this WhatsApp group of of substantial amount of gym owners in the UK, hundreds and hundreds of people. What do we do? So we, li- we literally had a list of how best to deal with the police yeah. in the, in the correct way, yeah. you know, be polite, be decent. We don't, we don't want to turn this into a us versus the police. Yes. And that, that looked, that seemed to be, that seemed to be the narrative that the press were trying to yeah. push initially Yeah, was let's stand, stand the police off, off in that eye, stand the police off against the community. Yeah. Keep people busy with that. And then no one's asking questions about this. Mm. You just leave, you just leave everybody to pull each other apart. Mm. And from the beginning, it was like, no, 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 that's not going to happen. Yeah, you're not going to turn us against the police. Police don't make the laws. Yeah, police take a job to enforce a law because they feel like that's what they, how they want to contribute to their community. Mm-hmm. Completely get behind that. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're not pushing legislation. 
the issue was with central government, not even local government, because we'd, we'd spoke to, again, our local MPs. They're like, look, Nick, we don't support this. This is all central government. But when we got a response from central government, they said, oh, no, 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 no. That decision to close gyms is local. Oh, okay. So, so they drive past the book. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit. And trying to drive us against our local MPs <coughs> by saying, oh, no, this, is, this, is, this isn't us, this isn't us, this okay, is them. Hell, it's embarrassing, isn't it? It is, it is embarrassing, embarrassing, yeah. So, so at this point, I think we'd launched the petition. And the petition very quickly got to uh, 650,000 signatures on, on the, the parliamentary petition, which, I, if I recall correctly, has only been matched in the last decade by Marcus Rashford's uh, school for oh, shit. Uh, young people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, th- I think that all oh, the meals, I think, yeah, meals. Yeah, me- yeah, yeah, meals, meals school, school meals, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that exceeded a million, but we are the only two p- uh, petitions that have got those kind of numbers in the last decade, and yeah. that, that's substantial. It is. And all this is going on, and central government start, start to take a bit of notice then. So, hang on a minute, we're, we're looking bad here. Yeah. And obviously, I'm sharing content every day of people being arrested for going on a walk, <laughs> putting up statistics to do with, you know, the benefits of exercise and, the, yeah. you know, how, how detrimental isolation is, how det- detrimental lack of, lack of exercise is, which... And I know that yeah. it is substantial. Yeah, and you know, it, it, it very quickly became obvious that it, it. Well, to me at least, it seemed like a war on health. Yeah, if you have, if you have a health and fitness industry, and you have data which was published very early on by the WHO that you are one point five times more likely to become critically ill from COVID through lack of exercise. And then obviously we've seen all the the, the death and infection statistics linked to obesity and how yep. substantial that was. And that was really yeah. substantial. Yeah. So instead of going, okay, let's endorse the health and fitness industry. Let's make sure they take the appropriate measures. Let, let's encourage people to exercise outside, mm-hmm. take walks, be healthy, mm-hmm. take your vitamin D, eat appropriately. Mm-hmm. What do we do? We launch an eat out to help out scheme and give people fifty percent off McDonald's, uh, and we spend a fortune on um, fences and uh, bollards to put around parks so people can't use them and t- cover them in mesh and tape and everything else. Yeah, Chains, mad. yeah, mad. So we're 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 amidst a pandemic, an obesity obesity epidemic that is feeding it and exacerbating the situation tenfold. And our response to that is close down every means to exercise, mm-hmm. demonize people who go outside mm-hmm. and give people 50% off McDonald's to the point where the government were even penalized by Ofcom for an advertising campaign they put up of a, a huge, huge uh, billboards in London of somebody yeah. running. And it stated something like, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, paraphrasing slightly, uh, the runner next to you probably has COVID. What? What, what, what relevance that bears on anything? What? Yeah, yeah, and it was to kind of, you know, shun people away from exercising, and then uh, uh, there was another, there was, a, there was a Starbucks one, or, or just coffee in general that they got penalized for as well. Uh, is this coffee worth another life? The implication being, if you go and get a coffee from a takeaway stand, you're going to be responsible for death. So they got penalized by Ofcom for this. That's basically like, in the schools, you know, they did some mad shit in the schools. There was one where we, there was like a Christmas, there was like a carol thing, like a singing thing. And obviously the parents weren't allowed to go into school and watch the singing, so they recorded it. Like, did a Zoom assembly. Wow. But there was only 11 kids allowed to sing at once. The wow. whole class weren't allowed to sing. Wow. Because apparently more than 11 spread COVID. Because I said, like, where are they getting this? 20 years of literature <laughs> we have to support <laughs> that. Yeah, 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 yeah. 11 kids at a time, so they had 11 kids singing one song. And then 11 kids singing, it was so mad. And, and that, that, that is testament to how backwards the entire thing was. And, and that is... Why they picked 11, yeah. in my opinion at least, is it sounds like we knew what we were doing. 
Yeah. We've picked 11 for a reason. If we pick 10, it sounds like we've just picked a number. If we pick 11, it sounds like it's based off uh, data. It sounds and we, you know, precise, yeah, precise. Yeah, yeah. So, so many, you know, uh, yeah. air particles per <laughs> child. And, nah, we're just pulling numbers out. Let's try and try Mad. and make people feel safe. Mad. Which to some degree you understand, don't you? Yeah. Like the the, the, the social distance. Some people need that. that. Some people need it to feel safe, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they, they did. And I think a lot of people did need that initially. And it, yeah. would, it was quite dangerous. And, and it's... The media are obviously the ones responsible for it. And yeah. the fact that because it got so politicized so fast, it become polarized and you were either on this side or you're on yeah, that side. A lot the, of people fell out, innit? There was nothing in the middle, yeah. No. Absolutely nothing in the middle. You were either on this side or that side. You were pro-agenda or you were anti-agenda. There was no room for anybody in the middle. And yeah. then that is when things get really dangerous. Yeah. And that's when people did start hating each other. Yeah. We all yeah. seen it. People going at each other. You know the the vitriol that you've seen on people's Instagram oh, feeds of you know some people how are still you do- wear a mask. Yeah, some people are still die. doing it. They are. Yeah, people yeah, are yeah. still doing it. It's some insane. Horrific comments. I put a I put a picture up in a mask in the the end of the October. So we yeah. gone back into national lockdown now, and I was in an elevator in a hotel. Yeah. I, I put a and this was at the height of my exposure. Yeah. I put a picture up in an elevator, and I've got a, I've got a mask on because you had to wear them in the in the facilities. Yeah. And some of the abuse I got on that thing. You've sold out to the government. You're it's a spy. Mine. You should fucking die. And I'm like, I'm in a private business mm-hmm. that are required by law to enforce the mask mandate. Mm-hmm. Me wearing a mask from the hotel lobby door to my room <laughs> to appease the, these business owners yeah. who haven't made the rules. Yeah. That takes nothing out of it my could day. easily go out of business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that takes nothing out of my day. They don't make the rules. It's mad, like, isn't how, it? How, how <laughs> <ridiculous>. <laughs> Regardless of what my feelings are on masks. Aye. You know, that's entirely irrelevant. It's yeah. a private business that has been forced by governments who are already, you know, this business is already yeah. struggling. They are forced to implement this mask mandate. All you've got to do is wear that from the door to your hotel room. Yeah, Man, I remember, you, you mentioned elevator there. I remember one, I was at this hotel in London and it had arrows in each corner of the of the lift <laughs> telling you to face the corner of the lift. Wow. Like, I was stood in the corner like this. Four, four of these arrows, you could stand on the arrow, but you had to face the wall. It was like wow. being back in school. We'll get back to the podcast in a second. But first, I wanted to let you know about my world-famous Unstoppable 28 coaching program. This is where you can work with me to master your emotions, upgrade your thinking, and take back control of your life. This is where you're going to learn about energy, you're going to learn about journaling, you're going to learn about transforming your emotional response, and you're going to learn about how to create a strong sense of purpose and live an electric life. Unstoppable28.com. The, the, the well went nuts. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we, 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 we sailed through that. We, you know, we got the petition up. Yeah. We got all the exposure. We inevitably... Well, I say inevitably, it wasn't going to happen initially. So any pol- any parliamentary petition online, once it reaches 100,000 signatures, by default, it's meant to be debated in Parliament. Yeah. Yeah. Now, at the time, the debates committee was suspended due to COVID because they couldn't have so many politicians yeah. in the room. Of course. Yeah. Of course. 11. Yeah. 11. 11.5, <laughs> actually. Yeah. They, had a, they had a short guy at the end. Um, so, so even though that we'd you know substantially surpassed the requirement for a petition, they weren't going to let us have it. Mm-hmm. What can we possibly do here? Who, who's the who's the most influential person that we can reach within politics that may have a bit of sway? Mm-hmm. And it just so happened that we had a, a friend of ours up in Chorley, and he had an in with um, Sir Lindsay Hoyle, the Speaker of the House of Commons. Mm-hmm. So he brokered a meeting for us to go and meet Sir Lindsay. So I drove up to Chorley, 
I met I met him in his in his local office. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget what they call it, surgery. Right. He holds surgery once know. a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The p- political things are a whole yeah. different kettle of fish, isn't it? Go and meet him in his wherever it is that he conducts his business in Chorley. I had a sit down conversation with him, and I explained. I took all the literature with me. I was like, "Look, here's the statistics. This is where we should be. This is where we are. Here's the mistakes that have been made. This is what I think we should do. This is what we need your help with. Here's our petition. Here's all the support. Here's all the businesses behind us. Because at this point, we had all we had all the top boys in the industry behind us. You know, we had Grenade behind us. We had Pure Gym behind us. Jim Shark. You, know, you name it. We had everyone behind us. So we got the people behind us, local government behind us, police, NHS, all these big businesses. Here's everything on a plate. What can you do for us? He's scanning through it, he's scanning through it. He, he looks at us and he's like, I get it. I'm like, waiting for him to elaborate. And he kind of paused and he's like, I, I get it. He said, I lost my daughter last year. She 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 took her own life. I don't, I don't know through what yeah. uh, what devices. She took her own life the year before. And he said her only outlet was exercise. Sure. Gym. She was a passionate gym goer. Um, and she took her life maybe six months previous. So he's like, look, I, I really get this. He said, I'm going to make sure that you get this debate. He said 100%. And at the time, because I, I, I don't know him personally and I yeah. don't follow politics, I thought, take it with a pinch of salt. Yeah, He's yeah. a politician. Yeah. It's his job to tell you what you want to hear yeah, and then yeah. you leave and you'll never get another appointment and you never get <laughs> yeah. what you're getting. So he said, look, once you leave here, I'm going to speak to Boris personally. I'm going to give him a call on your behalf and I'm going to tell him that this needs to happen. Yeah. He said it with a bit of authority. I think he's, obviously, he's, he's you know, he, he's, he's the main man. Yeah. But okay, so we left. Put a video up. Look, this is what's happened. Blah, blah, blah. Let, let's see where we go. Very next day, get a call. Spoke to Boris. Your debate's on Monday. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Man's not fucking around. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, I, I, we're now six days into this, and we've gone from being... Oh, only six days in? We're only we're only oh, six shit. days in. Where, where was Sir Lindsay? No, Lindsay, sorry. Lindsay was in the second week. So yeah. We're about two weeks in. So still not far in, though. No, so we're about two weeks into this. Gym's still open. Police are still rocking up multiple times a day. Yeah, we're about so we're about, music's down. Yeah, we're about two weeks in, and we've yeah. gone from being a couple of local business owners to being on every media outlet in the world. Yeah, meeting with Sir, Sir Lindsay, him speaking to Boris on our behalf. You know, we're dealing with these big corporate entities, and mm. like it, 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 it was so overwhelming at the time. And I had because my Instagram was was going off at the time. I yeah. had to hire extra staff to manage my DMs because we were getting oh, fat. we were getting thousands, and I'm not exaggerating, thousands of DMs every single day. Yeah. Thousands of story shares. I said, look, I want every single message replied to. I want every single every single story shared. Interact. Yeah. I said, if these people are taking the time to tag us and share, yeah, you share it back. Yeah. If they're taking the time to message, you message back. I don't yeah. care what it costs. We get as much staff as we need. Every single person needs a response. And yeah. that really, 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 really reinforced everything. I think that's because yeah. there was a sense of togetherness about it then. And everyone was kind of stood in the same position. Like, look, we're going to stand together. And the fitness industry come together completely. And I remember having a conversation with the the CMO of Pure Gym. Yeah, This was a little bit earlier on. In fact, this is before it kind of become clear that we were going to win. And he was yeah. like, look, Nick, we are so behind you. Yeah. He's like, we've we've donated some money to your cause. He's like, yeah. look, we are all in. You know, we we are f- we are pushing for you. He's like, at this point, we can't say anything publicly because they've got shareholders. And I get that. Yeah, I yeah, do yeah. get that. Is this when Al Al did the air thing as well, didn't he? With a fucking tank. Al brought the tank. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> did this. And fuck it. Al's a fucking Al's a ledge. Yeah. He, 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 Al's an anomaly. And he my, is, my, my my loyalty and love for Grenade comes from the risk that they took because. Grenade got on it really early. Yeah. Everybody else kind of jumped on board 
after it become obvious. Yeah, you know, we'd won the public yeah, support. It was yeah, going in the right direction. Yeah, okay, yeah. this is now safe. Yeah, this is safe to get on board yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Al Barrett. <laughs> he's a risk taker. He's the, yeah, he, he's, he's the epitome he's, of risk. He is. Yeah, he's like, well, I believe in this. Yeah. This is right, so I'm doing it. Yeah. Fuck what anyone else thinks. Like yeah. th this is the right thing to and do. I'm not so going to share a it. post. I'm going to bring a tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so we end up with a with a with a with a bright orange tank outside Parliament. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I, I mean, you you can see how that could have very easily backfired. Yeah, that could yeah. have been a PR shitstorm. Yeah. Yeah. We're amidst this pandemic, and you know, big fitness CEO decides thinks it's appropriate to put a tank face in Parliament yeah. and terrorism, and yeah. you know, you can see that very quickly could have backfired. But I was like. I believe in this. Mm. You're doing the right thing. Mm. I gave all the information to them. I was like, look, you're doing the right thing. Mm. We're in. Mm. And that was brilliant because they threw everything, anything that I asked for, not a problem. Not Nothing was too big of an ask. Yeah. And when I eventually went to meet Alan in, in his home in Birmingham, yeah. beautiful house, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. And he he was exactly what I expected him to be yeah. based off, you know, how Grenada conducted themselves. Yeah. And I get there and obviously... I, all the senior team were there, and I thought, you know, it might be a little bit professional. Big corporate. Did he take his shoes off? Wow. No, it, wow. <laughs> it was just like the lads. Yeah, he's some guy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah like so unique. And, yeah. and, and that I got so much respect for that. And, that you know, they will always, always, always have my love and respect. Yeah. And obviously, they're, they're under Mondelese now, so yeah. they're, they're a little bit more corporate than they were. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. That, that era and everything they threw with that, and then me and... The second position, uh, petition that I went to push coming out the other side of lockdown, the workout to help out, they put a lot of resources behind that. And me and James Haskell done the rounds with, you know, with, with Sky and yeah. everything else that we were doing, trying to push this campaign, you know. So they, they, they give us the resources. And as I say, the important thing for me was they were there before it was obvious. Yeah. And yeah. after that, everyone yeah. else kind of stepped in. Oh, you know, we're, we're, we're pushing for you. Yeah. You know, we're fighting for you, whatever yeah. else. So we get to the debate. Fight's over. They came They came to fight after the fight yeah, was yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turning up on the battlefield <laughs> is it's kind of, you know, it's, yeah. there's only a couple of people left. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, but it, 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 it was beautiful to have that kind of support. And, uh, you know, it was very overwhelming. But, yeah. it, but prior to that, and again, like, like I said, when we first started this conversation, the the friction in the industry and the whole, I'm going to get mine, I ain't going to help you get yours, the yeah. whole mentality, like yeah. that, that, that just dissipated mm. for that period of time. Everyone mm. was like, well, no, no, no. It's not I am X gym and you are Y gym. It is we are the fitness industry. Yeah. And people need us. Yeah. That's all I always say. I'm like, people Completely. need what fitness people do. Completely. And we, we are arguably one of the most valuable industries in the country. Yeah. Because, because it's all good and well. It's all good and well putting so much emphasis on, on the economy. Yeah. But if your society is in poor health and something as simple as a COVID strain can wipe out the entire country, cripple the economy, push yeah. us back into what the Financial Times referred to as a double-dip recession, all because we were unprepared and we were unfit and we were unhealthy. Yeah. So you can keep your Fortune 500s, yeah. but if your population is below a certain level of health, mm. all it takes is a simple bug, a simple germ, and your whole economy can be crippled. And it's interesting because it's, I don't think it's the last time some kind of bug like this is going to show up it's not. in our lifetime. It's not, and we got very lucky that, and I have to, I have to say, I have to word this carefully. Yeah, we got very lucky that COVID was as, or wasn't at least what we thought it was going to be. Yeah, 
because if we'd have had something that we initially thought COVID was, which was significantly, you know, when those bodies piling up in yeah, the streets and so, that, some, something with a mortality rate that is only, you know, a, a couple of times greater than COVID, yeah, we'd have been fucked, and we are not prepared, and we have learned nothing from that previous experience. Yeah. Like what we should have took out of COVID is a lesson of how unprepared we are for what's coming. Right, okay, let's take the initiative. Let's get healthier. Let's stop promoting junk food. Let's push a healthier lifestyle, like, you know, balanced lifestyle. We've done none of that. We've learned nothing. We've already moved on to the next big topic, and we're not even talking about it anymore. Yeah. And the obesity rates continue to climb. And mental health rates continue that, to climb. Because in my, from my very small window of what I see, I see more people exercising. But that might just be my town, my small, very small window of what I see. There are definitely more gym users. It's, oh, on, it's yeah. on the up, yeah. yeah. Well, I, the commercial gyms have seen a drop yeah. in memberships. However, the general uptake of fitness in the country seems to be on an yes. upward trend yeah. out the back of the pandemic. Well, there's a lot more independent gyms now as well. There, there, there yeah. is, yeah, yeah. And obviously a lot of people got bored through lockdown, so they did take on some. Those who didn't exercise took on some new exercise. Yes. Those who did exercise, a lot of them didn't exercise. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't, do you know what I mean? I, it's, it's all good and well to say, oh, I'm going to do 100 push-ups every day in the house, in the kitchen. I'm oh, 5K. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The 5K was this. the one, money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's fantastic for the first eight days, and, yeah. then you're, and then you're bored. Yeah. But it is on an upward trend, but our excessive eating is also on the upward trend. Yeah. And it's all good and well adding the exercise in, okay? You're adding Delivery blew up. Uber Eats blew up. Just Eat blew up. Yeah. Uh, you know, McDonald's record profits. You, yeah. see, you see some of the queues. Wow, some of yeah. the videos I put up, you're talking 200 cars long queues for McDonald's drive-thru. People would sit in that for three hours. Wild. Wow. Wow. And what what, would, you, what would you sit in a queue for for three hours? <laughs> what? Anything? 40 tickets. <laughs> 40 tickets, that's it. That's it, aye. Oh, aye. wow. 40, maybe Little Mix tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of Little Mix. Oh, man. So, it, you know, it... Actually, it would be anything my kids said Dark was standing in this queue for. Bubble tea's the thing at the minute. You have bubble tea well, there? I have bubble tea in London, it, yeah. Do you know if I was going to invest in a business right now, I'd open a bubble tea shop. Go for bubble tea. Because we, we, we've stood in the queue for an hour to get a fucking bubble... Uh, basically, a cup of tea with these little tapioca balls yeah, in yeah. it. It's mad. <laughs> it's blown up, wow. man. In Tenerife, was the same. Those massive cubes outside this bubble tea shop. It's, it's mad, aye. Get in early. Aye, shout, shout out to bubble tea. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah. Gone off on a tangent again. Well, I've gone off on a tangent. Where are we? So it got cleared. Yeah. So yeah. What, what happened in Parliament? Yeah. So they had the debate. They, they, so when you have a parliamentary debate, they select MPs at random, so it can't be biased. Yes. Pull names out of a hat. Yeah. So we had sixteen MPs that were selected at random. Yeah. <laughs> we got uh, one politician that I'd been speaking to daily, um, Angela Eagle. She she fortunately made the list. Yeah. So we had all these MPs selected at random. Sports minister. Every single MP that stood up was in favour of our cause, which was you know, which, which was beautiful to see. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Not a single naysayer in the whole thing, which was fantastic. And with the with the, the tier three ban that we had, I found out on the, the 21st of October, I found out that legislation was going to be re reversed. I had a DM in my uh, Twitter, uh, sorry, I had a DM on Twitter from Steve Rotherham, who's Liverpool's city mayor. Because yeah. um, I give, give him a bit of a hard time. Because yeah. the day before, he'd been on TV or something to say, you know, oh, government to finally listen to us, blah, blah, blah. And he kind of kind of took the angle that it was his hard work that had got it there. Yeah. So I sent him a message on Twitter. I was like, sorry, mate, but... You've done nothing. I can't have you say this, yeah. yeah. You haven't you haven't engaged with us or liaised with us hardly at all. The yeah. only reason anyone's paying any attention to this is because of the campaign that we're pushing. Yeah. 
and the, the airtime that it's getting in this petition that's up there. I said, all due respect, if you've got if you're gonna try and jump on the back of the the trend, at least give credit to those who yeah. you know who are on the who are on the battlefront yeah. or on the front lines. Not even for me personally, there was a lot of people that were trying really hard. Acknowledge them people, do you know what I mean? Because this wasn't a battle that I did on my own. Yeah. I'd have done this on my own. I'd have got nowhere. Yeah. The whole point of this is the power of, of people, people and yeah. community and people standing together and that's what got us there. So we I found out on the the 20th from Steve, he sends me a message like, Nick, just to let you know, I've had a conversation in one of the corridors in Parliament today. It's getting reversed. Yeah. You guys have done it. Yeah. Credit where it's due. Yeah. He said it's going to happen on the 23rd of October, which was my 30th birthday. So the ban got lifted on the 23rd of October, which was the same day the New York Times article come out. So yeah. I made made front page of the New York Times on yeah. the same day that legislation got reversed and yeah. it was on my 30th birthday. So that, that was like the wave... When I got when I got the the message to say it was official, I, rec- I remember going into my studio and I recorded this video and I'm really emotional. I'm wearing my dressing gown. Yeah. So I was just thinking I'm gonna put this on Instagram. Yeah. You know, and I'm so made up and there's yeah. tears in my eyes and I put it up and it makes the fucking news, doesn't it? And I'm in my dressing gown. Oh shit! All over the place and it's fr- front page of the newspaper and it's you know it's, it's on. All the, I'm like, oh yeah. no, why didn't I just put a t-shirt on and do yeah, my hair? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so we, we we wins that, and you know, and, and it was it was. Mate, what can I, I'll ask you a question because we've asked, we've talked about the results, we've talked about what's happened. I'm told, what kind of toll did this have on you? Oh, it killed me. Did it? Yeah. Because you put a lot of time, yeah. energy. I was, so at the time I was working about 20 hours a day. Shit. And I was taking, I'd not long, I was six months into my ADHD medication. So they prescribed me Listex amphetamine for my ADHD. Yeah. And it's amphetamine based. So yeah. despite the fact that it may make me function better, it also keeps me awake for longer. It makes yeah. me work for longer. Yeah. Why this such an unhealthy routine. I was getting about four hours sleep every yeah. night. Yeah. Up straight into six AM press. Get to the gym at eight, right? What can what can we do? What can we help? I had tons of WhatsApp groups trying to help as many people as possible. Like yeah. I, I I martyred myself completely. Yeah. But that's and it wasn't selfless by any means. Yeah, of because course I, I get a kick out of helping other people, as yeah. most people do. It, yeah. it's, it's rewarding, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. And as much you know, as much There's as it'd be like nice it. to say, There's yeah, nothing like it. As much as it would be nice to say, I do nice things because I'm a nice person. Yeah. I do do things because I'm a nice person. I like to think I am at least, but yeah, I also do great. things, yeah. nice things, because it makes me feel better about myself. Yeah, you know, I'm martyring myself, but not just to be the good guy. You know, it felt nice to be to be in a position where I could help other people. Yeah. I was I was killing myself and I had all my staff working crazy. I was optional, yeah. but I was like, look, I'll give you extra money. Yeah. But I need people checking the cameras for the police. I need people on my social media. I need extra people to come in, do filming, everything. Like it, it was nuts. And it, the, the toll that it took on my friendships and my relationship and my family situation mm. was, was severe. Because it, it, really? didn't, it didn't stop for me once the, once the legislation was reversed. I then get propped up as the... Mental health, spoke, mental health spokesperson, mm. just because obviously I, I, that was part of my, my my knowledge of the you know the, the mechanisms of the mental health situation was yeah. limited coming into the pandemic. Yeah, but alongside all the data that we were scanning, I'm obviously looking through a lot of a lot of statistics of mental health. So I was able I was able to articulate that on television to the point where people assumed that I knew what I was talking about, <laughs> which I was trying my best. Yeah, you know I, I you know. X is there, Y is there, it can create Z, Z is a good outcome, right? Okay, let's yep. do it. But off the back of that, I then I, and then kind of in this position where it's like, right, well, I've got loads of people's attention. People are expecting me to kind of keep pushing in this direction yeah. and do good things. So I need to continue educating myself on on mental health, physical health, and try yeah. and continue to be the spokesperson. But 
in reality, I probably should have took a step back then and said, right, I've, I've done my Yeah, bit. I suppose your goal <clears> was <throat> to get things back to normal. It was, and yeah. Then, but then it didn't really go back to normal. You wanted to get back to normal, but it didn't go back to normal for you. Yeah, and I don't suppose it ever will go back to normal. And that's yeah. once, once you open Pandora's box, you, yes. you, you kind of, you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound, yeah. aren't you? And yeah. I, I didn't expect anything to come of that. And my, my I should have just been the gym guy that fought the gym situation and then called it a day, do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and then by the time March comes 2021, I am health and wellbeing advisor to Brian Rose, who's a candidate in, in the then London mayor race. And so hang on a minute. 12 months ago, I was a scally off the estate who's, who's got a gym, who's, you know, now I'm potentially going to be health and well-being Brian's advisor. Brian's quite a big name, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and now, now all of a sudden, I'm potentially going to be health and well-being advisor to the 8 million people of our capital city. Yeah. Got these big brand endorsements and everything else, and you have all this pressure, and it's like, well, yeah. a little bit out of my depth here. Yeah. I've got no qualifications behind me, but don't get me wrong. You know, our, our health ministers and the like have no experience in health they have no relevant degrees their, their, their position is to got no personal experience you know, no, they, yeah 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 exactly yeah they, they are the worst representations of yeah. that specifically but their purpose is to articulate the information that they're given by their advisors yeah. by those who are actually in the know so i yeah. thought right okay well if that system works which you could argue it doesn't because yeah british political system's fucked yeah but if that's if that's what it, you know if i'm to be this guy who's just going to articulate the information that more knowledgeable people are giving me because I, you know, I was working with quite a few interesting people at the world at, at the time, like Dr. Dean and a few others who was really pushing kind of the you know the benefits of vitamin D and, and the fight against COVID and stuff like that. So yeah. you know, I, I was I was not for a single second was I taking the position of I know what I'm talking about. Listen to me. It was yeah. <clears throat> I'm confident talking to people. I have a slightly above average ability to articulate myself. I've got good people around me who've got wealth, banks, banks of information, PhDs, yeah. you name it. They are giving me the information. I'm making that digestible and putting it forward. Some of the, some of the stuff Dean had sent me be so complex. I'm like, dude, I can't put this on Instagram. Belongs <laughs> <laughs> in the British Medical Journal. Like, yeah. you're not gonna. No one's gonna look at that and go, oh, I'm gonna read through. The, I'm gonna yeah, crawl yeah. through these slides. Like, it needs to be, you know, it, ne it needs to be bite sized. It needs to be edible for, for the audience that we're kind of trying to target. And it and it worked. I mean, you know, that that kind of symphony that we had, it worked really well. But like I say, the, the pressure got so much, and it took its toll on my family, and my mental health went to to bits and yeah. I wasn't eating I lost loads of weight and again because I was on the, the list me for my ADHD my appetite was suppressed yeah so I was super shredded through lockdown it looked yeah. fantastic I looked stage ready all through lockdown yeah it felt like shit yeah yeah but as we know anyone that looks fantastic generally speaking for the most part are fucking miserable yeah so I'm burning a candle from both ends and it you know it it it, it done me in it no really one sees that part of it though eh? they don't know and you can I can look back on the videos now and I can kind of <clears throat> I can see the tells. I can see it in my eyes, yeah, and I'm just yeah, lethargic. Yeah. I can I can hear it, you know, in my, in my breath because I'm like, I'm gasping when I'm talking. I had to look into the, you know, why would I why would I be doing that? Oh, it's a, it's a common side effect of anxiety. Mm. Heart retire. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, you know, it it, it done me in completely, and I kept I kept burning the candle at both ends. Kept going, kept going, kept going, kept going, and and, and if it wasn't for a series of unfortunate events, shall we say, I'd have carried on going in that fashion. Yeah, my, you know, the, the the approach I take these days is is I try and limit my exposure to issues in the industry. I try yeah. not to watch anything, look at anything because it triggers me, and then I want back in. And then you want, yeah, yeah. If I get Twitter, <laughs> you can see the contrast in oh, my Instagram. Man. If I get Twitter, because I'm receiving new information then about all that's wrong with the world yes. and, and health and you know a, a nutritional based news. Yeah. And you'll see me just spamming Instagram with all these articles and all this data. Yeah. Like we need to do something here, and then I'm like. 
It's got me again. Yeah, it's, it's got me again. <laughs> Delete bet. Twitter, archive the posts, crawl back under your rock. Yeah, be healthy again. Yeah, and it's so easy to get carried away with with just more, 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 it is. more, and and the engagement as well. Like there's, it wasn't a conscious thing of posting content that would have maximum engagement. Yes. But once you start posting an array of content and certain content is getting significantly more mm-hmm. engagement, mm-hmm. it kind of pushes you down that avenue. Of course, you want more of an eye. Yeah, yeah, you do, right. you do. Whether you consciously acknowledge that or not is, is an entirely different, you know, an yeah. entirely different subject. But I subconsciously fell victim to that. Mm-hmm. And I'm pushing this content and it's pushed me down a narrower and narrower lane to the point where everything is, is kind of on one, yeah. you know, narrative. And that's because I'm getting the maximum feedback from that. I'm like, hang on, this isn't me. Yeah, like if I'd have carried on at the time, posting COVID-related stuff and you know, you know, uh, uh, overreaching of you know authority. Yeah, but I kept pushing that. I'd have topped my my Instagram past a million. Yeah, in a, in you know the space of months. Yeah, and I thought, <clears throat> but this isn't me. Yeah, and I was changing. I was modifying the way that I was talking. Yeah, and I was picking specific topics. I was like this, and I look at my Instagram. and I'm like. There's not even a picture of me on here anymore. Mm. It's just news articles, yeah. you know, uh, uh, medical journals. I'm like, man, this has got to stop. So I put yeah. a post up and said, that's it. And I archived nearly all my COVID posts. And I was like, look, that's the end of that chapter for me. Yeah. And that this was probably second quarter of 2021. Yeah. And it's got me a couple of times since. I've delved in a little bit because yeah. obviously all the revelations that have come out in the last kind of six to 12 months. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. Yeah. All them things we were that right. you thought. Yeah. yeah. You were actually right all along. Yeah. And all them people that we demonize for being, you know, conspiracy quacks and nuts and whatever else. Turns out you guys were actually right and we probably could have saved, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of lives had we had that conversation at the time. Yeah. That's kind of hard not to, because that's bittersweet then. Yeah. Oh, we were right. Yeah. Hang on, yeah. Why is nobody doing anything about this? Yes. Why are we letting them do it again? Yeah. Now we're obviously onto the, you know, Ukraine and the energy crisis and everything else. Now yeah. it's just all the attentions jump to the next topic. So yeah. hang on, you guys forgetting what, what happened a year yeah, ago. Yeah, like, yeah, wh- yeah. why are we just carrying on? Yeah. Waiting for them to just, you know, uh, uh, mismanage the next situation. Yeah. And for us to go, ooh, that's naughty. But then before you even got chance to process it, we're on to the next big topic yeah. again. And it, you yeah. know, it, it's dangerous. So I try and stay out of it for the yeah. simple fact that, A, I don't like that it modifies my personality. I don't like changing myself yeah. for engagement. Yeah. I don't like what it does to my mental health because mm. I get really, really obsessive. Part of my part of the way my ADHD manifests is ADHD. Like that's yeah. that's also the suit of yeah, yeah. ADHD. I'm, I'm, e- I'm either in for ten thousand percent or yeah. I'm not in at all. Do yeah. you know what I mean it's one yeah. or the other? So I need yeah. to be very careful where I let myself, you know, I- yeah. I- I- engage with. But also, and the saddest thing of it all is, people just don't really care. Mm. They don't care enough to do anything to about keep it. Doing any- unless something's taken away, like in, in they the care enough to comment, yeah. they care enough to share. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they care enough that the gym's taken away from them. Okay, we'll get involved now. But once yeah. you get the gym back, yeah. They don't care how this situation started in the first place. All that matters mm, is I've got yeah, my gym yeah, yeah. back and I'm fine for now. Yeah, we we need, and we're all guilty of it. I am myself. We yeah. need to have to have something taken away from us physically before we'll stand up and go. Hang on a minute, this isn't right. But yeah. for as long as it's just chattering, oh, they did this a couple of years ago, but everything's fine now. You've yeah. got, you know, you can go to the gym, you can go to work. Like, yeah. no one really cares enough. Life's yeah. life's too, life's too busy. Yeah, for us to really implement that kind of change on that kind of level. So all we can do within our own kind of remit is make as much impact on those who are actually going to listen to us. Yeah. And, and the things that people will imp- implement, good yeah. advice and whatever else. We yeah. may not be able to get everyone back down to Parliament or hold anyone accountable, you know, but we can do plenty within our reach. Yeah. 
So that, that that that's kind of where I am with it all now. So Nick, when you say when you say like you mentioned a couple of times, like this is the end, this is the this is like it for me on this, like and I'm gonna crawl back under me rock and go back to being like, what does that look like for you now? What does that life look like for you now? Like, what do you think? It's slower paced. Yeah, it's much slower paced. Yeah, sometimes it gets a little bit boring, but it's it's a, it's a safe place for me. I, yeah. I told myself on the other side of it, I was going to prioritize giving time to family and friends, mm-hmm. and I don't need to be. I don't need to be doing that on social media. I don't need to be working myself to death. I, I'm in quite a fortunate position where I have passive income with the gyms and the clothing brand, and I, I, I probably won't have to work again so long as I live within my means and I, yeah. and I live humble. So I, that's what I try to do, and I try to spend time with my friends and my family, and I yeah. try and further my education. I didn't get any education at school, so it, my, I'm, I'm playing catch-up. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've... Yeah enough youtube to last me a lifetime you know what i mean it, it, it's all of my information all of my knowledge comes from youtube and that that is it yeah phd in youtube yeah yeah um, it's just a calmer life and i'm kind of at the point now where i'm looking for a little bit of purpose again yeah and once we get the the third gym open i'll, I'll be kind of be looking for something you immerse yourself I'll, in that a little bit yeah yeah that's what i'm waiting for I, I need a project to keep me happy with my mental health and with my adhd because yeah. I, I don't medicate it anymore if yeah. i don't if I don't have a project or something to physically engage in, I get mm. depressed really quickly. Yeah, and then when I get depressed, I binge eat. Man, I believe that that's where a lot of people depression comes from when they, they haven't got uh, the can't they haven't created a vision of the future that really excites them. Purpose. That's what that is, and it's a project. Right? It's a feeling, a purpose, sense of purpose. Completely, right? yeah. And it, it it's and a lot of people lose. I wouldn't say people lose sight of it. People just aren't aware of how powerful that it is yeah. to actually have a vision. Yeah, you know, because we're not. That's not really in force, is it? If you if you go to the doctor and you say I'm depressed, it's okay. Well, here's 15 milligram mazepine. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry. The first three months you might be a bit suicidal, but ride it out, <laughs> and then you'll feel completely numb after that, and everything will be fine. Yeah. Rather than okay, well, let me have a look at your lifestyle structure. Yeah. What are you eating? What exercise are you doing? What are your goals? How's yeah. your personal relationship? How's yeah. your hygiene? Yeah. None of that. No. It's just there's it's your drugs. It's interesting. It's interesting because you were just about to say when I say this, I'm like, you, I think you get to a certain point in your life where there's no vision of the future. Yeah. Think about that school. So let's make it through school without <laughs> getting beat up too much, right? Let's uh, get to college, maybe uni, get a job, meet a bird, get married, have a couple of kids, and then most of the men are like, and then what? Yeah. Make it a Friday. Make it a Friday, make it a two weeks in fucking Turkey. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's it makes me sad, that. It makes dangerous. me sad. It is, so it is talking about vacations, Nick. <laughs> I remember messaging you, and I'm sure it was 2021. I was like, are you Okay. Cause I like I like your content. I love reading your shit. I love how passionate you get about. It. And then I was like, this guy's um, gone. <laughs> Where is? And do you know what, mate? I actually worry about people when that happens, because I know when I've disappeared from social media for a bit, you know I know that I'm low. Yeah. I know that, and it's been three week period for me before. I know that if someone disappears, something's not right. But I wasn't expecting the reply that I got. Yeah. yeah. Tell me about this. You and you, you and I. I <laughs> certainly wasn't expecting this one. No. So I have a complicated past, mm-hmm. and it varies greatly from hyper positive to hyper negative. Mm-hmm. As a kid, dropped out of school very early. Mm-hmm. Dropped out of school at twelve, maybe. Oh shit! Dropped out of school at twelve. Yeah. Suffered sexual abuse at nine and ten. Moved out of the area. Went into high school at eleven. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of trouble in high school. Very violent. Yeah. Very argumentative. Yeah. Didn't fit in with that standardized structural learning whatsoever, yeah. which some people don't, and that's fine. Yeah. Then got into something called free running, 
running and jumping off buildings and whatever else. This was at like 13. Disappeared to France on my own at 14 to meet the founders of the sports. Met with all them, connected what? with them. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wild. Yeah. So I, 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 I had a very relaxed relationship with my mum. She yeah. got pregnant at 15, had me at 16. Our relationship yeah. was more like brother and sister than yeah. it was mother and son. And, yeah. and, and the kind of understanding that we had was, it wasn't even an understanding, in fact. Yeah. She couldn't control me. Yeah. Therefore, I'm not going to do anything for you. Yeah. So you find your own food, cook your own food, you do your own cleaning, you're yeah. on your own. Yeah. You either do as I tell you, you go to school and everything else, or yeah. you're on your own. Yeah. I opted to be on my own. So, yeah. you know, I fended for myself very young, got into parkour and free running, went to France, as I say, on my own at 14, met with these elders of the sports, you know, absorbed a load of discipline while I was there, come back to the UK, been like 16, putting videos on the internet of us doing this free running. Yeah. And we were, because we were one of the first groups in the entire country to do the sport, mm-hmm. we got a lot of media attention. Yeah. And with the media attention come professional work. You're like 16, 17, we're doing jobs for Adidas, Red Bull, you name it. Like yeah. huge. I had this great career up until I was maybe 20, 20 I was when I come away from parkour and free running. Yeah. I had a really serious knee injury. Had to take a step back. From parkour? From parkour, yeah. Must surprise is mad shit, that. So we'll get back to the podcast in a second. But first, I wanted to tell you about a brand new Telegram channel that I have. Inside of this channel, no spam. Just regular, almost daily voice notes where I'll give you some powerful tips, strategies, and tools to level up your thinking. All you have to do is, if you're on YouTube, you'll see on the screen a QR code. If you're on Spotify, you'll see the link in the description. Or you can just search for me on the Telegram app. Let's get back to it. Which, that that took me from being this troubled kid to having this hyper-focused, yes. super positive. Yes. I had this huge community around me. We yeah. really engaged with our local community and our local youth clubs, local kids. We were going out doing, we're talking like groups of lads who come from like quite rough backgrounds, yeah. going out in groups of 20 to do community litter picks off their own back. Yeah. 16-year-old kids. Yeah. No, no guidance, no mentor saying, come on, lads, we're going to do this today. This is just yeah. us like, well, how can we be better? All right, let's go and paint that graffiti over. Yeah. Let's go and let's go and litter pick. Let's go and fix that fence that we see around. Like just 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 really trying to you know have this wholesome relationship with the community. So yeah. I had this up until I was about twenty. Everything was fantastic. I had a huge professional career all over the world. We're doing yeah. TV adverts, music videos, movies, you name it. Brilliant. Gets to twenty, I annihilate my knee. Yeah, taking too many high drops. Yeah, goes to see the doctor. Doctor says, Nick, you can either take a year off. Rest, recover, go back at it. You should be okay, or you can keep going, and then you're going to need surgery, and that's going to put you out from doing any type of this exercise for two years. Yeah. <clears throat> thought, okay, I'll take the year out. Takes the year out, gets into the gym. I thought, I'll keep fit while I'm off, keep yeah. my, you know, keep myself healthy. Gets to the gym at 20, stop putting weight on quite fast. Guy comes up to me in the gym, and he's like, uh, you should compete. I'm like, what? Compete in what? He's like, bodybuilding. I'm like, well, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, oh, uh, yeah. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. So I had this long conversation with him anyway. I, I, I'm eight, eight months into it now. He's like, if you compete, you've got you to take steroids. you got to, you know. Okay, yeah, what do I take? Yeah. You take these, Diana Boll or whatever he gave me first. Yeah. Putting all this weight on. And I, I'd only been in the gym. Must have been a few months and I put a lot of weight on. Because yeah. genet- genetically, I grow really fast. Like, yeah. I, I only go, to, even now, I only go to the gym like twice a month. Like, I don't, I, don't, yeah. I, I grow quite easy. So I, gr- I grew really fast. And then I got onto, uh, some injectable steroids, put all this weight on, and then I entered the I entered the British Open Championship in 2012 as a junior. Yeah. Competed in my first bodybuilding show, won the junior British opening, was junior Mr. Britain at the time, then started selling steroids, then started working on the doors in Liverpool City Centre, got in with some you 
really gnarly crowds. Yeah. Then start doing selling harder drugs, ecstasy, yeah. methadone, cannabis. Yeah. Then tap into my parkour community around the world, and I'm like, any of you guys know anybody that will, uh, you know, could move this on or that on, whatever else? So I end up importing and exporting drugs. Yeah. Lost my personality completely due to a lot of the steroids I was taking at the time. I was taking something called uh, Trembolone, which is which is really really not good for you yeah. at all. Like it, it 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 you know attached to that is severe paranoia, and because because of the way that it works, I don't know if it's on your or your. Nah, it's not. Uh, only thing I've injected is, is I'll be on TRT for a year and it's fucking magnificent. TRT is absolutely fantastic, yeah. And yeah. The, the 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 conversation around steroids <coughs> needs to be separated from yeah. TRT to everything else because yeah. this is where the danger lies. Yeah. TRT can be done safely. It is you know it has a medical application. Most of the other stuff does not. Yeah, and that comes with really high side effects. And Trembolone that I was taking, it, it's like the devil's drug. Is it? Yeah, and it's it's far more potent than testosterone. What you would take on TRT, but yeah. it, the way that it I forget I forget through which exact mechanism, but it basically hinders your body's ability to produce dopamine, serotonin, your feel good hormones. Oh shit. So it's not it's no it's you will struggle to be happy, you'll struggle to climax, you'll struggle to sleep, you're just agitated all the time, you're mm. aggressive, you're paranoid, like it So when people talk about roid rage, it's Yeah, so so roid rage roid rage <coughs> doesn't I wouldn't say it doesn't exist, but it it, it only manifests in I think it's one in every 50 oh, is And that's usually if you have an underlying temperament that matches that. Yeah, so if yeah, you're yeah. a dick before you take steroids, <laughs> you're just going to be a big, big dick. Big dick, yeah. 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 Whereas you, if you're someone that's placid and you take some TRT, yeah. you're not going to change. Yeah, it's not going yeah, yeah. to change you from this 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 placid guy to a yeah. monster like that. Talking dicks, it has made me dick much harder. <laughs> <laughs> it works wonders, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I skewed my personality at this point, lost yeah. all my original friends. Yeah. I'm in with all this new crowd who want to be around for the money and the wealth yeah. and the cars and whatever yeah. else. And, I inevitably get arrested. They arrested me the first time uh, on sus- suspicion of possession of a firearm. Yeah. Searched everything, found nothing. But yeah. I, was, I was sponsored by Optimum Nutrition at the time. And I had, say, a room probably about the size of this studio full of protein tubs. Yeah. And because they because they come in and haven't found the firearm that they were looking for, they trashed the place. So they opened every single... Because I was getting like £4,000 worth of supplements from ON every month at the time. Yeah, I didn't use supplements. Yeah. I don't want to take it all that seriously. Oh, if shit, I go to really? Gym, yeah, if I go to the gym, I'll go and have a, a McDonald's or something. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I don't care. Yeah. So I've got this room full of all this protein that they've been sending me, and the police have come in, and they've undone every single one and poured solvents in it and threw it all around oh, the place. So, it, yeah, yeah. so that you, you're talking like, I don't know, 70, 80 tubs of protein just all over the place. Yeah. And they found, they, just, they, found, they found something in the back of my wardrobe. I think they found some methadone in the back of my wardrobe, but I didn't even know it was there. Yeah. Arrested me for that. Very long story short, I yeah. ended up going to prison for, I got sentenced to six years, yeah. served three. Yeah. Took me probably six months to come off the steroids, go yeah. cold turkey, went through a horrible emotional experience. Because yeah. obviously when you've been taking synthetic testosterone yeah. and all the other stuff that I was taking as well, you suppress your own levels so much that when you stop taking the synthetic levels... Can't do it on its own. It can't come back up. And when, you know sometimes it will re- take you two years to get back to that, you know, that, that equilibrium of where you were originally yeah but that process of going from having absolutely nothing in the tank and, and trying to like battle your way through it i remember yeah. watching like x factor or something in the cell with this guy and i don't really watch tv and i just remember crying my eyes out at this song and i'm not i don't it's not me do you know what i mean yeah. i'm watching uh i'm a celebrity or something something happens on there and i'm crying my eyes out i'm like what 
the fuck is going on? Yeah. So my, obviously my synthetic levels of testosterone had gone to zero, but my natural levels were obviously suppressed at zero. Yeah. Because they'd been suppressed for so long, they couldn't come back up. Yeah. So I am flatlined, no T, so I'm highly suicidal. Yeah. Absolutely wrecked. I said to the doctor, I said, look, you need to give me a PCT, which is a post-cycle therapy. You need to help me kickstart my body back to normal. He's like, yeah. well, we can't give you that. It's not really what them drugs are used for. But yeah. We can give you antidepressants. Yeah. I, said, I don't want This is when you went inside? Yeah. I, said, yeah. I don't want antidepressants. I just need a PCT and it will make me right in, yeah. in, in you know, a certain window of time. I don't want to go on antidepressants. Well, that's all we can offer, I'm afraid. So they put me on antidepressants, put like three stone on. Yeah. Absolutely Shit. emotionally hollow. I mean, it saved the purpose. It yeah. got, got me through that, that chapter. Yeah. But I then went on to see an endocrinologist later through that sentence. It turns out I damaged my pituitary gland from steroid abuse. Oh, shit. So I, I'm on TRT myself now. Yeah. And I will be probably for the rest of my life because my pituitary gland is fucked. Yeah. And this this is, obviously, this isn't really being talked about in the industry, even though steroid use is rife. I think it's like 1.8 or 2 million users in the UK now. Really? Which is... Fine. Yeah, and that hell. data comes from the, the, the needle exchanges. People come in and they get their sharps Shit. and they say, well, what do you want them for? Oh, yeah. I'm taking them steroids. And, obviously and that's not including the people who might be lying. Yeah, or the, the people that are ordering them on, uh, yeah, needles online. The, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. we, we, you're talking a huge percentage of the country. We've only got 8 million gym users in the UK. 2 million people are taking steroids. Fucking hell. One in every four people in your gym is using some sort of wow. PED. Which is, which is terrifying. Terrifying in the sense of it's such a taboo subject still when it's so vastly... Yeah, used and we'll, we'll we'll come back to that if we, yeah. if we get a chance because that, that, that's a really interesting topic in our industry. Yeah, goes to prison, comes off all the steroids, finds my original personality again. But it's you know when once I come out of that kind of drug mentality of you know of being high on steroids and everything else, like it it, it, it I come out the other side of it and I was like wow, wow, that's I need to go back to my original life and yeah. Uh, the, the 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 realization to me the the story that I tell quite often is is where it kind of hit me of how much my life had changed and I was I was a few months into my sentence at this point and when I yeah. first went away all them new friends that I'd kind of gathered around me because I was throwing money around buying yeah. the bar out you know, all, yeah. you know all them people that I had around me when I first went into prison you get a, a picture board and it must be like I don't know a meter and a half wide by a meter tall yeah you just put your drawing pins with all your pictures yeah, I yeah, had yeah. all my initial pictures sent in. Fancy cars, fancy party, champagne yeah. lifestyle. And yeah. I covered this board and all these pictures with all yeah. these new people. I've only been my life in about a year. Yeah. Now, gradually, and I didn't even see this happen gradually until the whole board was changed. <clears throat> then people who were all interested for the first few months, because you are a hot topic when you first go, oh, my friend's in jail. Right? We, we, we yeah. romanticize it for God knows what reason, because it's, it's nothing to be romanticized whatsoever. Yeah. But, you know, oh, my friend's gone away. You know, you know, it's a bit, of, it's like a social, yeah. you know, social status thing, which is really bizarre. Yeah. But nonetheless, it's a, it's a thing. But once that dies down, six weeks after you've come out of the press, but no one cares. Yeah. So all these people start dropping away, but slowly I'm taking their pictures off the wall. And yeah. One of my old friends will get back in touch and that picture will go up on the wall. Yeah. And I didn't watch the transition until one, like there was a day that I looked up the wall. I was like, there's not a single photo on there for when I first come in of the lifestyle I had just before I come in. Mm. It's all my old free running friends. Yeah. And the wall had transformed from champagne parties yeah. to all my humble free running friends just yeah. in, in the, in the, you know, ragged tracksuits and yeah. you know they're just all very like hippie-esque yeah, yeah yeah and i was like wow how did i let myself go from this to where i fell into anyway i get out <coughs> life's great my clothing my clothing business is doing really well mm -hmm. buy into the first gym mm -hmm. when i first come home this is 2017 transform the gym completely you know it kind of kind of push the the parkour ethos onto onto the the gym industry so it, when i bought the gym it was very much uh 
no one really spoke to each other. Moody, <coughs> headphones on. I want to be bigger than you. I want to yeah. be stronger than him. Like, and yeah. I was like, fuck that. Like, I'm not. I'm not into this. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. through the, the, through the parkour scene, it was very much everyone pushed each other to be better because if everybody collectively gets better, there's more kind of there's more to feed off. Yeah, and, and people find a sense of accomplishment in you developing yourself. Yeah, that to me, I think is very important. Yeah. Like, I, I love the community aspect of yeah. anything. Anything where people are working together really does it for me. I'm like, mm. this is this is fucking brilliant. This, yeah. is, this is how it should be. This yeah, is yeah, how yeah. we're meant to be. Society isn't meant to be everyone pitched against each other. Mm. We've got where we are today because we've worked together and mm. now we're kind of losing that in society, which yeah. is a shame. So I kind of pushed that back and I was like, look, people need to start conversing, sharing ideas, helping each other. So that took off really well. And the gym did really well. Opened the second gym and, and it gets into COVID, everything else happens. And then we get to June, 2021. And I get to knock at the door. Boom, 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 boom. And I thought at the time, I thought my missus at the time, I thought she's just ordering more crap off ASOS or Boohoo, whatever it is. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't normally like to get up early. So I'm pushing here. I'm like, babe, just get the door. It's not going to uh, be for me. Go and whatever you order, bloody old, old Polly, go and get it. Yeah. She goes down, opens the door. It must have been a half eight in the morning. <clears throat> and he's like, please. He comes in the house, march up the stairs, full squad of them. I was like, what now? Yeah. I've got a good relationship with the police. Like, they've known me from the parkour and the free running days. So I've yeah. got a 20 year relationship with the police. Yeah. Despite the fact that I've got a tainted history, yeah. we get on well. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. always treated them with respect. And yeah. just, as I say, they don't make the, they don't make the rules. Yeah. And, and, and certainly with the, the industry that I fell into, important drugs, it's just a cat and mouse game. And if you remove the police, if you remove, if you remove authority from that entire, uh, from that entire dynamic, the product loses its value. I think a lot of people who are in that industry don't mm. take that into consideration. The mm. only reason that you're able to sell illegal products is because they're illegal and they're only illegal because it's enforced by law mm. and the authority will enforce that. If you take the police out of the equation, a, a lot of these lads are very, very, very lost and they're selling drugs. Oh, fuck the police. Police went there. You wouldn't have a business. Yeah. It's prohibition that gives drugs their value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. War, the, the war on drugs is yeah, hard on anyway. again. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, you, if, when, when you introduce prohibition, as we know historically with, with, with alcohol and like, yeah. when you introduce prohibition, all it serves to do is create a black market. Mm -hmm. It increases the price mm -hmm. and it enables gangs. Mm -hmm. And all of that is simply because that item has been prohibited. Yeah. So for anyone that takes, the, any, anyone that's doing, delving into them areas, yeah. which is which is a recipe for disaster in, in my opinion, no yeah. matter what. Yeah. But if you take in the mentality of fuck the police, the police are the bad guys, then you are extremely naive. And yeah. you're clearly not a businessman because you don't understand how it works. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, yeah. It's backwards to me. Anyway. Good relationship with the police. They come up. I'm like, what now? I thought it's a COVID thing again. Yeah. Like they, they, I'd seen them a good few times since. Like I caught, I caught COVID. Yeah. That ends up front page of the bloody Daily Mail. Then <laughs> I have police in the gym a few days later. Like, oh, Nick, we've had a report. You were in the gym whilst you were still infectious. Like yeah. the squad come to the gym because somebody had reported that I'd been. I was like, no. I said, look, here's the dates on my phone. I had, yeah. the, I had the test. I said, I put that up a while after I had it, like four yeah. days or whatever. I said, I was out of quarantine. You can check the cameras. Yeah. Now, I've been getting loads of like little calls with stuff like that because, you know, you public figure at that yeah, point, yeah, people yeah, just want to be yeah. a pain in the ass. Anything, anything, anything yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, what is it now? They were like, oh, we've uh, we've got an arrest warrant from Jersey Police, Jersey State's Police. Jersey. Jersey. So that's obviously where I, where I spent my time. I was like, I haven't spoke to anyone in Jersey in years. Yeah. I thought the last time, I sp I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, last time I spoke to someone from Jersey was 2018. This was like three years before. I thought, it must be a mistake, this. Yeah. I was like, can you tell me what it's about? You're like, we can't. We've just got to search the premises. We've got to take you with us. They're going to come and get you. Yeah. So he searched the house. He searched the gym. 
obviously they didn't find anything. Yeah. And then they take me to our local police station, and then the following day, Jersey police fly over, get me, and fly me back over to Jersey. Oh, I'm on the fo- I'm on the plane with customs and the the you know the. You got cuffs on. Yeah, it, well, cuffs you, on. You get cuffs onto the plane, and then the, and then the cuffs come off on the ah, plane okay, once yeah. the doors are shut. But it's <laughs> like, like I needed to use the bathroom at one point, and I was yeah. like, yeah, and I just used the toilet. We're in the yeah. air, by the way. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to go with you. <laughs> it, it's it's there, fifteen <laughs> feet that way. There's where's uh, there's no back door. I'm not yeah. going anywhere. Yeah. It's like oh, I'm sorry. I don't fit in that, that hole, man. I know, yeah. So I've got one <laughs> officer in front of me, one behind me, marching me up the aisle of this EasyJet flight to go yeah. to go to the toilet. Like yeah. it's so embarrassing. Yeah. But they're being re- they, the customs agents, and they were really excited with me. Like, oh Nick, we've just you know we've just seen your article, we've seen everything you're doing. You know, oh it's fantastic. I was yeah. like, all right, you're being really nice to me. What's going on? Yeah. Oh, we can't tell you. We don't know. We don't know. All yeah. right, you'll know when you land. So it lands. And then meets the head of customs, and he's like, "Nick, uh, and you've got no idea at this point what this is, or no?" So they, they couldn't. They said they wouldn't tell me till I got there. Yeah. And I thought, what, "What could this possibly be?" My my initial assumption was someone's put my name in a conversation I don't belong in, yeah. and it's all an error. Yeah. And I'm gonna go back home, and everything's gonna be fine. Yeah. It's quite naive to think that. Yeah. <laughs> gets gets to Jersey Airport, and I meets the head of customs. Nice fella. He said, Nick, uh, this is to do with a chap called Anthony Dryden in 2018. As soon as he said it, I was like, fuck. Yeah. I know exactly what this is. Yeah. Bastard. He said, uh, he said, will you give us access to your phone, your phone password? Where I, was, I was like, I will give you everything. Yeah. I will give you everything. Beyond beyond what you've just mentioned, I have nothing to hide. So I give them my I give them my phone password, my email passwords, my social media passwords, a- access to all my bank accounts. Because for the first time in my uh, in my recent life, I was like, look, I've got nothing to hide here. Yeah. All you're going to see is text messages, any any anything related to that kind of realm. The only thing you're going to find is me speaking to lads who are still involved in that, trying to talk them out of being in there. Yeah. Because it, it, it's, you know, most people don't, most people don't take a step back and assess the situation of how fucked it is. Yeah to be a, a drug dealer or a drug importer. Because one, 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 once you take into consideration the time that you're inevitably going to do, like even if you're earning £100,000 a year and you're dealing Class A substances and you get three years out of it, you've got three hundred grand, then you get sentenced, then you get 10 years for that sentence. You're going to do at least five of that in jail plus the three that you've done. Yeah. Do the math. You've just worked for minimum wage yeah. and you've spent three years in jail. And inevitably, you are going to go to jail. Yeah. There's no money to be made in it because eventually you are going to jail, mm. and you have to take you have to calculate that time into the money that you've made. And for the most part, I mean, how many how many how many drug dealers off the local estate you know are making two hundred grand a year? <laughs> Nothing, none of them. No. None of them. So they're already only making a grand a week. Yeah. And then they get that big sentence included in there, and it's like, well, hang on a minute. You could have worked at McDonald's and made twice as much money as you've made mm-hmm. in that same window of time once you mm-hmm. calculate your sentencing. Like, the, the, it, it's it's a it's not an industry where you're going to come out of that on top. Yeah. Maybe one in a million will do yeah. that. But for the vast majority of people, when they do the math, you should have just took a job at Primark. Yeah. And had a, had a calm life, not looked over your shoulder every night, not been involved in the violence or the gang yeah. culture and everything else. Yeah. It's a waste of time. But most people won't look at it like that. Because, yeah. I mean, I mean, for the most part, people think, I'm never going to get caught. Yeah. And do you think part of it, people sometimes just like the status in it? And it's that's not what in it the is. money for yeah, a lot of people. That's what I was like, we, we, oh, I'm this, I'm that. It gets romanticized. It's more their it's, identity than the money for some of them. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a power thing, and you know, yeah. oh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm the big man on the estate. Yeah. But as I say, if you if you were to break that down and look at that person and go, right, well, in five years' time, he's going to have served X amount of time. This is how much he's earned in that time. Yeah. 
where's where's the big man there? Yeah. Where's the man who's been working for five pound an hour, yeah. slinging bits to people who've got addictions? Like, is yeah. he really somebody that you want to look at and go, "That's I want to be like that"? Yeah, yeah. We romanticize it through movies and yeah. Hollywood does its thing. Yeah. And we've got hip hop and grime and everything else. Mm. And we have a lot of you know the it's glorified, isn't it? It is glorified and romanticized, and and it's to me it's it's backwards. Yeah. And I still fall victim to it because I'm still listening to grime music and I still enjoy it. <laughs> and it's not until like I get my granddad in the car and he'll sit in and all of a sudden I'm conscious to the lyrics and I'm like, this is oh, really, really cringy. I need to turn this off really quickly. Yeah, I'm like that I mean? with hip hop now. I used to, I, I was banging to hip hop and I still like it, but my son's listening to Eminem and that now. Puts it on in the car and I'm like, mate, come on. He's <laughs> yeah. like, well, dad, you told me about Eminem. I'm like, oh shit, I. You register <laughs> it differently, don't you? It's like, it's, oh. so, it's, it's so weird. I'm like, do you not like Little Mix, son? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear uh, so you know so you're in Jersey I'm in Jersey uh, and what had happened is and I am guilty of this mm-hmm. in 2018 so this was a few months after I got out yeah. one of the lads that I was in Jersey prison with mm-hmm. my, my, my tenor, oh is that where you were the first partner. time I was in Jersey so oh yeah. shit okay skipped over that so yeah. I was in Jersey I, I got six years for importation of class A B and C drugs into, to Jersey into Jersey ah okay the Channel Islands yes so when I was in there, I met this guy. He was just one of the lads I knew off the wing. Just a normal, normal dude. He's not yeah. wasn't like a no gangster figure, none of that. He used to sell yeah. a bit of weed to a couple of his mates. Yeah, doesn't go out, doesn't socialize, just yeah. plays on the internet, whatever else. Yeah. He messaged me a few a few months after I got out, and he mm-hmm. says, "Nick, I've been buying my my weed off the dark web. My my guy's account's gone. Yeah. I don't really know who else to trust because Jersey's quite strict. He's like, can can you can you sort me out? Can you mm-hmm. put me in touch with somebody? I was like, mate, I'm I'm well done with all. I'm years <laughs> past all that. Yeah." He's like, mate, just can you can you can you help me out? Can you put me in touch with somebody? He asked me a couple of times and didn't reply to him. He messaged me again a week later. He's like, oh, mate, please, I'm I'm really struggling. I'm having withdrawals off the weed. Talking about him personally. Yeah. I said, I'll ask somebody for you. So yeah. I asked one of my mates in Liverpool. I was like, look, I've got a mate over there and he wants a small volume. Will you? Can I put you in touch? You? Yeah. I, I don't want anything to do with it. I don't, want, don't even want to hear about it. I don't want the money out of it. Will you yeah. sort him out? Yeah. This is just for cannabis, by the way. Yeah. Um, and he's like, I'm not dealing with him. You went to jail in Jersey. He's like, I'm not going to jail in Jersey. He's like, <laughs> he's like, y- you deal with him. I was like, I I'm not dealing with him. I'm not involved in any of this yeah. anymore. There's no incentive for me. Like, I've got businesses in that now. You think yeah. I want to be making a few hundred quid sitting in the middle of, of this and, and bringing yeah. that level of risk on me? This is yeah. this is af- this this is obviously after I get out. So, I speak to my man again, and he's like, Well, you just sit. We we just pass him my information over. Yeah. And see me through through two of them. Just give, give me two exchanges, and enough to get me on feet, and I'll find somebody online. It won't yeah. be a problem. I was like, that was obviously my mistake. I was like, all right, yeah. I'll, I'll give you two. Yeah, I'll sit in the middle between yeah. these messages for two, and then that is it. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah, does the first one, does the second one. Yeah, F- second one goes, and he's like, can we go again? I was like, hang on a minute. Yeah, this isn't what we agreed on. Yeah, now, bearing in mind these messages between. Uh, him and I, the police have these, so I have a copy of this. So word yeah. for word, this this is obviously what our exchange is. Yeah. I said, look, I, I, I'm. We said to that we get back on your feet and you find someone online. That was it. This yeah. was never the agreement. Yeah. Um, I said my exact word to him was, I'm retired from all this. I've got yeah. this in black and white. I'm retired yeah. from all this. I said, look, I spoke to the other fellow. I was like, look, you either deal with each other direct now, or not at all. Mm-hmm. I said, because I've I've sat in the middle of these two that I said that I would. That's all I'm doing. You're yeah. not getting any more out of me for no amount of money. Yeah. So they agreed, they go together. Yeah. This is in the May of 2018. Yeah. And my last message to him was like, look, all the best, be safe, yeah. take care. Yeah. That is it. And that's the last I ever spoke to him. This was in the May 2018. Three years later, police are at the door. 
and obviously I thought I've not done anything. Yeah. I haven't done anything dodgy at all since I've got out. Like yeah. what, what could this possibly be? And I didn't eat, didn't think of that whatsoever because I wasn't directly involved in it. Yeah. It didn't even think to come to the forefront of my mind. But as soon as I've landed in this customs office, it's gone Anthony Dryden. I've gone, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Of all things. Yeah. So what had happened was a few months after we'd stopped speaking, he'd gone and got involved with somebody else from Poland or something else and he'd yeah. imported some cannabis from Poland, got himself arrested. They've taken his phone, analyzed his phone. He was using a, a, an encrypted messaging app called Signal. Right. And he thought he'd cleared his messages, but before he cleared his messages, his phone had stored his chats to the cloud. Oh, shit. So he's, much as he's deleted his messages, the messages were still in the cloud. Yeah. So they've taken his phone apart, analyzed it, found the messages between him and I, mm -hmm. and then sat on this evidence for nearly three years. And they had me black and white. They had my phone number in there. Like we were just having normal chats because yeah. he, he was going traveling around Asia or something. This he, and he's just he's just a hippie kid. Yeah. No, no violence to him. No wannabe gangster. Him not. And literally just sells a little bit of weed to his mates. Yeah. And that is it. Yeah. And we were talking about traveling. So I've like sent him pictures of some of my travel cards and my passport and stuff. So the police yeah. have all of this. They have me banged to rights. Like I, f I forget the exact word in they use, but they, you know, in, in technical terms, yeah. it's the equivalent of we've got him banged to rights. Yeah. He sat on that for three years and did nothing with it. Nothing. Because it's only, it was only a small quantity of drugs. You're talking about cannabis uh, pollen. Right. Like a hard form of cannabis. Right. It's cheaper, but it's big in the islands. It's mm -hmm. big on, you know, like Jersey, Guernsey, Isle of Man, places yeah. like that. But it's only cheap. So you're only talking a few grand's worth of drugs. Yeah. In any ordinary situation, it would not be worth going to the European courts, getting a European arrest warrant, coming to get someone, the resources that go to coming over, flying over, hotels yeah. for officers, arresting you, bringing you back, yeah. prosecuting you, housing you, talking hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds for essentially nothing. Yeah. So they've left it on file, presumably because it just wasn't worth bothering with. Yeah. Then year and a half in, COVID hits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The rise to, to, to fame. Yeah. For lack of a better way to put it. Yeah. I then get approached by the Jersey Evening Post mm. at the start of 2021, maybe February. They ran the article on me when I very first got arrested. Yeah. And they said, look, Nick, we've seen everything you're doing. We've seen all your awards. We're aware that you've been nominated for MBE. Yeah. We want to cover your journey so we can we can promote rehabilitation and, 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 oh, let, shit. Okay. and, and let people know that, look, there is a way out. Yeah. You know, that you, you're not set down this path forever because yeah. you, generally speaking, for the most part, most people come out of jail no prospects and they're going back. Mm. You have, you're a 35 year old man, married, kids, mortgage, make a mistake, you were struggling on your bills, you decided to sell X, Y, and Z. Yeah. You go into jail, your relationship falls apart, inevitably, on a long mm. enough time, on a long enough time scale, and then nearly all relationships in prison end. Yeah. You lose your wife, mm. you get divorced, kids resent you because your article's in the press and they're getting mm. bullied at school. Yeah. You default on your mortgage because you've got no job, you can't yeah. pay for it. You're now branded, so you can't get out. You have to declare by law that you have a, a criminal record and what it's for. So you're coming out to no house, no wife, no kids, no money, sure. no job, no prospects. And the prison give you £70 and say, on your way. Yeah. And that's the all you get. That is all you get. So for the most part, it, it takes, a, it takes a, a different level of mental resilience to come out and turn your life around because mm. you get no support from the system. But it can be done. So Jersey yeah. even Post were like, look, you, you, you are the prime candidate for us to put forward is look, it's possible. You just have to work hard. Yeah. I'm up for it. Let's do yeah. it. I'm all, I'm all about it. I'm all for rehabilitation. I'm all, I'm all, I'm all for highlighting how dark my life went when I was involved in that. Let's do it. Yeah. So they run a two, two page article, um, four page article, sorry, across two newspapers, the first half on the Monday, second half on the Tuesday. So the two pages on the Monday read 
from free runner to drug runner. Mm-hmm. This was on the Monday to be continued Tuesday, and on yeah. Tuesday, I mean that's a great fucking headline. To be it fair. is, isn't it? Free it is great. Runner, yeah, creative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had, they had pictures of they pulled of like Merseyside's port and everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was good. Yeah. And page three and four was from prison inmate to community hero. You know, it was a great article. That yeah, I, yeah. Well, I say great. I'm obviously biased. <laughs> it was, a, it was, a, it was a flattering article. Yes. That was, a, that was a, a, an accurate representation of the facts. Yeah. But within there, they mentioned how well I was doing, what the yeah. business was worth at the time. Yeah. You know, the awards that I've won. Yeah. Now, when I eventually got arrested, and then I got what's called my debts, as we call them, which is like your, your paperwork, everything they have against you, everything yeah. the prosecutor has, your whole bundle of evidence in yeah. um, chronological order. Right. So I'm reading through this bundle. Okay, here's the evidence. 2018 summer. Nothing for years. Yeah. Article comes out in Jersey. Yeah. Two weeks later, investigation has sparked up. Yeah. So prior to me reaching that level of of, of exposure and yeah. having my success highlighted, yeah. Instead, instead of instead of Jersey Police and Customs looking at that and going, he's done well there. Yeah. We have in black and white which they do yeah. in my evidence bundle. Him yeah. saying he wasn't involved, he's retired, he's got too he's, he's retired, he's got too much to lose. Yeah. He's focusing his life in a positive direction. They have that in black and white. Yeah. Coupled with that, this article that highlights, to, you know, to an even greater extent, everything that I've done. I'm trying to do positive things. I'm doing tons of charity work. Yeah. I'm engaging with, with, with mental health projects, yeah. left, right, and center. Instead of looking at that and going, fair play. That's what we ask of people in the courtroom. Like, turn your life around, do something good. Be like, yeah, instead yeah. of seeing that, they see an opportunity to grab some cheap press. Yeah. We can make Jersey look great. Jersey's only nine by five miles, yeah. and they, they're all proud, and they've got short man syndrome. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They, yeah. they, they've got they've got a le- the lower population than I've got Instagram followers. And yeah. There's like <laughs> ninety thousand people there or something. Yeah. So, so they really want to yeah. really get their it's name a big tax, out there. It's a big tax thing. Tax haven. Yeah. Yeah, tax yeah, haven yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, they're, they're massive crooks. Yeah. Hey, we'll get back to the podcast in a second. But first, I wanted to let you know that you can get loads of free stuff, courses, books, audiobooks from my website, paulmort.uk. You'll also be able to find out how you can work with me inside of my world-famous coaching programs over on that site too. Let's get back to it. But instead of seeing it in a positive way, they've gone, we can get in the paper here and we can make Jersey look good. We can take this guy off his high horse and yeah. we, you know, we, can, we can, oh, Jersey, he's took down this, this yeah. guy or whatever else. So literally, like they've done nothing for three years. The article comes out within week or two of that article they, they kick the investigation back off yeah. they apply for the european arrest warrants come and get me and after that it was just it was all downhill from there yeah they, they because it was such a small amount they've had to try and add some drama to the picture to justify coming to get me in the first place so they've yeah. come and got me in any in any ordinary situation I'd have received about 12 months yeah for that particular crime 12, yeah. 12 month sentence which equates to Three months in jail. You yeah. get twelve months. Yeah, you, you would serve half of that, which is six. Yeah, but you that you are then eligible for what's called TAG or HDC. Yeah, which you do half your sentence on. So you don't yeah. you do out of a year. You don't do three months in jail. Yeah, at which point it's the court will say, well, is it worth processing someone for three months? Let's give them community service. Let's yes. suspend their sentence. So yeah. in any ordinary situation, had I been anybody else, yeah. I wouldn't even gone to jail for this. Yeah, but instead. They give me the maximum they can give me. So they give me the highest recorded time for this particular crime in all of Jersey's court. Shit. They then double prosecute, so double jeopardy. So they give us time for the drugs and separate time for the cash. Right. So if I give you £10 worth of cannabis and you give me a £10 note, mm. 
that is two different crimes. That's a supply of drugs, but that's also the exchange of criminal property. Yeah, yeah. But because it's one exchange, the court sees it as one exchange because yeah. you can't sell drugs without receiving money. So yeah. as much as it's two crimes, it's one. Yeah. We were the first case in all of Jersey court history to be given double sentences for the same crime in all of Jersey history. So I ended up getting three years for something that I shouldn't have gone to jail for, mm-hmm. or if I, I did, it would have been a matter of months. Yeah. And then obviously the press absolutely butchered me. Well, yeah. the, 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 the Liverpool Echo butchered me, the Jersey Evening Post didn't, which I thought it was going to be the other way around. Yeah. Liverpool Echo run with uh, anti-lockdown gym boss exposed as professional drug dealer. Fucking hell. And I'm like... And is this while you're inside of the Yeah, so I, re- so you I can't read even this on, I read this and one of the officers shows me this article and I'm like, Are you fuck me? me. And you can't yeah. even defend yourself. You can't do nothing, and, no. And they yeah. use this picture of me from 2013 where I've got this big juicy face and a skinhead and it just looks yeah. so horrific. And yeah. the way they've worded it, anti-lockdown gym boss. I was never anti-lockdown. I was pro-science. The World yeah. Health Organization are anti-long lockdown. So yeah. if you're trying to use that in a negative context, then you're also doing that to the yeah. WHO. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It, it, yeah. And it's like exposed as professional drug dealer. Yeah. Like, okay, there's two things wrong with that there. The implication there is that it's now. Mm-hmm. So everything that I've done is all just been, you know, a yeah. front for what's going on behind it. Yeah. And professional, the term professional, if you've done anything for money, by definition, you could deem yourself a professional. Yeah. If you sold drugs once in your life, you could deem yourself a professional drug yeah. dealer because you're making money at that, at that specific time. I yeah. mean, so this whole inflammatory uh, uh, title. But then you get the Jersey Evening Post that run an article who were present in court, who, th- who they run, cover the same story. Yeah. They run with, um, how did they word it? Uh, reformed trafficker jailed yeah. for years old offence. And oh, they go on to list that I had what? references from politicians, doctors, CEOs, like yeah. you name it. Yeah. So these are two, two separate newspapers covering the exact same story. Mm. Liverpool run with... Anti-lockdown gym boss exposure professional drug dealer. Jersey run with reform trafficker. Holy shit. Jailed man. for years. All That's mad. And it's like, how is that even the same story? So off the back of that, I lose a big contract with JD Sports for the clothing brand. Mm-hmm. I had the finance pulled on what was the second gym at the time in Chester, which we eventually got opened. Yeah. All of this comes crumbling down. Mrs. splits up with me. Nan dies. One of my best friends dies. Like, Shit. it was such a grim time. Like, the, the first prison sentence that I did makes me sound like a seasoned pro there, which yeah, is yeah. sick. <laughs> <laughs> the time, the vacation previous, yeah, yeah. I was going in off an all-time low. Yeah. I was miserable. I was, yeah. I was fucking loaded, but I was miserable. Yeah. Making more money than I could spend. Yeah. But I wasn't happy in the slightest. Yeah. yeah. So when I went in, the only real way for me to go there was up. Yes. This time around, I've come off the back of COVID, everything yeah. else. Yeah. Brian's just done his London mayor campaign. I've got yeah. everything else I'm doing with Grenade. Yeah. Then jail. Yeah. So I've come from that, the highest high of my life to, mm. boom, you're back in now. And then yeah. everything starts collapsing around me. And that, that's the lowest I'd felt in a long, Was long it? time. Yeah. And I went cold turkey off my ADHD meds. Yeah. The psychiatrist is like, oh, uh, sorry, the doctor was like, you're going to have to see a new psychiatrist because we're a separate jurisdiction to get your meds. So you want me to go cold turkey off amphetamine? That's what, that's what you're telling me, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll you'll have to. I'm like, you realise that the risk of suicide there is substantial. Yeah, it's just how it is. Would you like some antidepressants? What? What is it with you people and trying to give me antidepressants? Yeah. Like I am prescribed a medication for my ADHD. That's what I've asked for. Yeah. If I'm struggling the first time around because I've taken anabolic steroids and I need a PCT to get me right, just give me the correct drugs. Stop yeah. trying to give me these antidepressants. And, yeah. and I'm not saying antidepressants don't have a, a place in the world. Yeah. 
but when the cause is something specific that yeah. isn't linked to that, like just just fix the problem and just yeah. trying to trying to mask the symptoms. Yeah. Two two completely different things. So it goes cold turkey off the amphetamine. I'm wow, wow. Night terrors, cramps, sweats. Really? Like, yeah, being sick. And that's on top of all the other shit that's happening. It's on top of everything Fuck else. Me, yeah, man. like the, it was fucking brutal. So I, I endured all that, and the, you know, I, I was away for fourteen months. What was your end. thought process through and this entire thing? Like, what were you doing to just stay head above water? I would like to say, I'd like to sit here and say that I was, you know, I had mental resilience and I was healthy. And and you were meditating, and yeah, and I, I was completely zen, and I was yeah. one with the world, and I yeah. was preaching on the wing, and yeah. <laughs> I was crying my fucking eyes out every really? day. Yeah. Really. I was in a really bad place. Stopped training. I was just eating tons of junk food, yeah. crying my eyes out all the time. Like yeah. I, I felt so sorry for myself. Yeah. Looking back, and I did reach this point while I was in there. Like you step onto the wing. Nine out of ten lads don't have a fucking dink. Yeah. They have nothing. They have no family support, no network, no nothing. And the prison give you, by default, four pound a week to live. Yeah. Now, if you want to ring home. Or if you want to buy stamps or anything else, that's yeah. all you can do with that four pound a week. So you 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 have to kind of. I suppose you're in this place, Nick. I was just thinking about that there, like when you when you I could have. And again, I'm just fucking. This is my imagination. I'm like, okay, this is an opportunity for me to rehabilitate myself. But yeah. this time you've gone in, you're actually. I'm doing everything right. Yeah. I'm doing everything right. So there's not even. Oh, this is a wake up call for me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I can imagine that being f for prison for a lot of people. Maybe the first time, you're like, this is a fucking wake up call and for that's me. That's what it was. Yeah. I need to change my ways. But now you're like, I'm doing everything right. What is the, like, where's me, where does me, what frame am I going to put on this? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And people have asked me that. Yeah. You know, what's the positive spin of this? Yeah. Like, there, there isn't one. Yeah. Really. Like, all it did was cause damage. And, and, I, and I don't think, and I suppose most people that go to jail will, will tend to tell themselves this, but I don't think it's served the public at all. You're taking someone that's already rehabilitated, spending two, three hundred thousand pounds to prosecute him. And who's having a positive impact on people yeah, yeah, yeah. outside. And just getting rid, yeah. And obviously all of that just stems from, from the, the, the COVID exposure. So it was hard to take anything positive from it, but yeah. you are you are reminded in there of how fortunate you are, despite how unfortunate you might think you are. Oh really? If people that as I was saying, like people have nothing. And if you, if you haven't got family or friends on the outside, which often a lot of people don't because people drop away, as yeah. I'm saying, even people that... Yeah, the disassociate. Like if, you, like if I said to you, you're going to jail tomorrow, I'd say name me five people that you can... And this is a sad state of affairs, but I'd say name five people to me, Paul, that will definitely keep in touch and come and visit you all the time. And you give me that list of five. Guarantee, guarantee at least two of them you'd be completely wrong about, but you would bet your life that they'd be there. Yeah. And it's a, it's a strange thing, and, and prison's probably one of the only scenarios in which you can actually find out who does step up mm. and who doesn't. Because the people that you think will definitely be there, aren't. that's not necessarily true. And the people that you would assume would definitely not be there, yeah. some of them step up. Sure. And it's a rare opportunity for you to evaluate the people that are around you in a situation where you wouldn't, wouldn't otherwise yeah. have that kind of strain on your relationship and yeah. you see who steps up. And that's one of the few positives you take from it is you see that who is really there when you really need them. Mm. And it, it, it's a lot of the people in there don't have anybody. And, yeah. the, you know, that, that one letter that you get once a week makes all the difference. When that comes under the door, that's like Christmas. Yeah. It doesn't even have to say anything. You can just yeah. be talking shit. Yeah. But somebody's taking the time to write to you and you wait for that and you wait for that and it comes to the door and it's massive. And you have conversations with these people and they don't, they don't have anything they don't have no money they're not getting sent anything in by by family so they're just getting by day to day on on prison rations they're four pound a week so they'll buy a stamp for 70p a pound phone credit yeah and maybe one vape cartridge for two quid yeah you know what i mean that, that's them for the week yeah and you look around and it's like well 
I'm feeling sorry for myself here because I've just lost a multi-million pound deal. But I've still got the rest of my life. Yes. And I still even had that on the table to begin with to even feel sorry for myself about yes. you. Know what I mean, you look yeah. at other people around and they're scraping around for a 40p tin of beans. It's like, well, fucking hell. It's like, yeah. I'm feeling sorry for yourself. Yeah. You are so fortunate for what you have and yeah. you should be so grateful. So that's the comparison frame you're putting it in then. Yeah, yeah like it, it, you take that reminder from it. Yeah. Which wouldn't necessarily, I'd forgotten entirely, but it certainly wasn't at the forefront of my mind. Yeah. But you know, there's, there's, there's very few positives compared to negatives to take away from that sentence. Yes. But it, but it, you know, if I hyper focus on on something to take away yes. from it, it would be being reminded of what's important. And and once again, like the, the the, I'd say the single most valuable lesson you would take away from going to prison is appreciating the value of time. Mm. And, you know, and, and we waste so much of it every single day you know oh, i haven't got time to, to do this or do that five minutes or oh, i haven't got time but then we'll spend 15 minutes scrolling or watching, or watching trash <laughs> yeah, TV. that's screen time yeah that's well, when you get sent your screen time every week i'm like that is embarrassing yeah, I'm, complaining about being, yeah. I'm complaining about being busy yeah exactly yeah <laughs> and, and you know it, it's we waste so much so and it is the most valuable most precious thing in the entire world yeah and when you go away and you sat there and you've got all day to think to yourself because you don't do anything. You're locked up for 23 and a half hours a day with daytime TV. So unless you for someone with ADHD, I could imagine that being wow. particularly challenging. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was very difficult. I mean, I, I, isolation yeah. alone. When I have when I when I create any kind of anxiety in my life, it's always when my brain's looking for shit. When I'm bored, yeah, boredom and anxiety for me go together. They're dangerous, yeah, yeah. and that just exacerbates you know the, the way that you're already feeling. Yeah. Know? Depression has then increased tenfold. Like yeah. it's, it's not a nice because you're also thinking about things that are way beyond your control. Because you're wondering, you, I bet you're wondering what's happening on the outside, right? Oh, well, like, I wonder what this is, and, and you can't, but you can't even check. Yeah, yeah. You can't even it. check in. You can't, you can't, you can't Google. You nah. can't, you can't Instagram. You can't, nah. you can't. Often you can't use the phone. Like it, it you know, because you're you're limited. Most people are limited to that, like one pound a week they put yeah. on the phone. You don't get long out of a pound a week. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it it's it's. It's sad, but you do get that appreciation of time because you, you sit there and you all, all this thing, and it's like, I wish I'd have done X. I wish I'd have done Y. I wish I'd have spent more time with this person, and I wish I'd have done this, and I yeah. wish I'd have done that. And all you, can, you, you, you come out of prison, it's like, I don't want to waste any more time. Mm. I've spent four years of my life in prison. That, mm. That's a chunk of my adult life yeah. up until this point. Like, that's four years lost. So now, like, the concept of just sitting in bed all day and killing a day for me, it's like, I don't, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Like, respect to the people that want to do that. Yeah. But when you really understand how precious time is, and and you you get you get that fair sense of regret that you probably get towards the end of your life, yeah. when you're in your late seventies, your early eighties, and life's really starting to decline, yeah. you must. And I can only speculate here, but you must surely sit there and think, "I wish I'd have done this differently." Me, this exact time last year, I was in Puerto Rico speaking at an event with Gary V. He sat on the stage and nearly had me in tears because he was like, "If you think, like, if you if you're waiting for the right time to do something," he said, "Go in any old people's home." any hospice and ask those people what they regret and the, the regret is usually what they didn't do where they didn't go the time that they wasted and they want that time back exactly yeah and i was in i was i think i was the only one in the crowd i was in i, fucking, I think i was jet lagged that's what i'm blaming anyway <laughs> that's my that's my excuse and i'm sticking with it and uh i was crying and he said that i was like holy shit i recorded it i was blown away by it yeah and it, it it's it's an invaluable lesson like it, you, you will you ask the richest men in the world when they get to 70, 80, yeah. and they're worth 100, 200 billion. Yeah. Will you give that back? Yeah. 
if you could reset and start at 20? Or yeah. would you give 90% of your wealth back if it meant you could come back and you could gain another 10 years in your yeah. prime? Too right. Yeah. Too right. Yeah. But they spent most of those years initially building up to achieve that in the first place. Yeah. Because we're constantly just on the look for the next thing and we want to be better, bigger, 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 better, better, bigger. It's like, go, yeah. go, 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 go. But when you finally reach that point later in life, you're just going to lump up back and go, what's I doing? Yeah, I could have done so. And we're all going to get there. You can't yeah. live a life. I mean, if you're super zen, super yeah. philosophical, you could probably get to the end and go, I'm happy with how I done things. Yeah. And you don't necessarily need to be unhappy. It could just be a, I just wish I'd have tried this. Yeah. We should have done this food. We should have tried this country. We should have, we Imagine taken doing it, Nick, right? I say this to people all the time. Imagine doing that and thinking, I didn't do that because I was worried about what someone would think. Yeah. That's the maddest thing I've ever fucking heard in my life, and I'm sure I've been guilty of it. I mean, imagine dying and think, fucking hell, I wish I'd asked for that pay rise. I wish, I, I wish I'd started that business. But I was worried in case what they would think. And then I realized, actually, they wouldn't even come to me fucking funeral because they'd be too busy. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. So that that's you. You get a you get a peep through the yeah. through the keyhole of what that mentality is like. So that be coming back from that, like coming beyond that. Would you say that was one of the biggest things where you're like, yeah, I've extracted this. This is the biggest lesson I took from that time. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's you would give anything in that moment to just have yeah. a moment with your family. Yeah. And like if if you'd. Uh, it's, it's a type of thing though that would say people say it all the time don't you yeah you say it all the time but not many people do anything about it they don't know they don't, and we are we are all because it's like well what do you do i'm saying that and i'm like well what do you do like how do you practically we all know that we need to spend more time with our family because everyone says it but like what's the what's the practical solution yeah it's just I, a side isn't it surely it, it is yeah you just i mean all, all we can do is our best yeah you know, and, and obviously it helps to, to document and to list things that you want to do and yeah. things you want to achieve. Have a bucket list. Yeah. Have a bucket list. Ha, ha, have a, go down the middle, stuff that isn't completely unobtainable and stuff that isn't too easy. Just go straight down the middle, write a list and do that in the next so many years. Like that, yeah. the, 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 there's, a, there's a, you know, that, the, there's a lot to be said. But for you know, I think you can do a lot of things. I've, I've been talking about this a lot in the last month where I'm like, I believe the best part of life is, have the best part of being human is experiences. Yeah. You can experience a lot of things. And I'm saying to the guys, I'm like, what if you made this bucket list and had all these experience? But there's a lot of them things you can do also without money. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things that I've experienced just by asking for a fucking favour. Do yeah, you know what I mean? Right. I want, always wanted to go in an old firm game, right? And it's almost impossible to get tickets. I went to one last year and I'm going to one next week. Rangers v Celtic. I don't support either team, but I'm like, what's that atmosphere like? And I went, I didn't pay for the tickets. I wanted to go to Anfield, didn't pay for the tickets. I just asked someone, yeah, I mean, it's not that to. I didn't have the money to pay for them. I'm yeah. like, there's so many things. I wanted to go to Puerto Rico. I got paid to go to Puerto Rico. Sometimes it's just about asking the right question, isn't it? You've got to probe, yeah. Ah, got, you you've do? got to probe, and that's life is chances. Nick, there's real one question that really intrigued for the answer to when it just came up. I think it's a really powerful question. How do you not let this time in jail, in prison, define who you are? Because that would be easy, right, for people. Because I bet you have people labeling you and shit now. How do you not label yourself as that guy? It's difficult, and it, it, it's 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 kind of motivated motivated me to try and push in a positive direction while still being mindful of not being consumed by where like it's it's such yeah. a you know I'm between a rock and a hard place of yeah. okay if there's any question to my character now then I need to I need to demonstrate that I am yes. everything that I've said I am over the past few years but yeah. at the same time how do I do that without getting completely consumed by falling into that trap yeah. And then a bit of injustice, well, a lot of injustice, you know what I mean? It's yeah, yeah, there's all the injustice that goes in there as well, and it's, it's, it's easy to look at the situation and, oh. You know, what's really interesting what you're saying is because I'm like, I have, I 
love to help people through anxiety and anxious issues. But then I'm like, part of my thing is, well, one of the reasons you, one of the ways you're going to get beyond this anxiety thing is to stop fucking talking about it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, starve it. But then I'm like, I remember this in 2019, I'm in Barcelona and I'm talking about anxiety a lot. I never suffered anxiety for ages. On the flight on the way home, because I've been so focused on talking about anxiety, I started to feel anxious. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit. It's like I've been attached to it. So you're in that little, that, that's the rock on the hard place, isn't it? I yeah. kind of want to move on from it. But also, I believe I can help people who've been in that situation yeah. and, and I, share my experience. And I need to address it. Yes. Which is, as I say, like I lost that big deal with JD Sports yeah. just because of the stigma attached to it all. So like, yeah. it, it, it's... As a brand, it's damaging. So it, it was fortunate that I was already in a place where I was like, well, I'm not going to hyperfixate on me as a brand. Yes. Yeah, I, I kind of lost taste for that. Yeah, as I said, I was I was modifying my behavior and change. I was like, I, I don't want to do that. Like, yeah, keep your followers. Yeah, I, you know, I just want to be authentic. Yeah, if that's something people engage with, fantastic. If it's yeah. not, yeah, no problem. Like, yeah, that's not. You know, I don't want to fall into that trap again. If I just need keep me to change myself because I need more likes or people yeah. need to like me more. No, yeah. I, I am what I am. You either yeah. like me or you don't. Yeah, and that's that's okay. Yeah. It's okay to be like that. And yeah, but I'm not modifying my behavior to get yeah, yeah, yeah. more yeah. people like me. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I, I, I come out motivated to set the story straight, yeah. which is why you know I'd li- I lined up a few podcasts yeah. and to have a conversation like this to yeah. kind of kind of give a bit of context to yeah. it. It's the last thing the last the last thing I'd want, and, and and it would be you know it saddens me to think that it's even a possibility that someone would see like the Liverpool Echo article and think. Oh, he was a fraud. That guy was full All of that shit, positive yeah. stuff he was doing was yeah. just to hide the drugs he was yeah. doing because there was no yeah. context given to the time. Yeah. So it's important for me to set the story story straight. I would like I would like to be more involved in the rehabilitation side of things that are going on. I, I have uh have had a conversation recently with somebody about standing up in Parliament and having a conversation about it. But but again, you put yourself at risk in them situations and again it would be another gamble of right okay well you go to the forefront of that situation again and then you end up with the press and again and then you get more skeletons coming yeah, out the closet uh, then you get yeah. demonized and then you yeah. just end up the bad guy so yes. you, you either there's a, there's, there's a quote out of uh, Batman he says uh, <laughs> I know if, 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 you'll allow, if you'll allow if you'll allow me just that yeah, quote sorry, out of bro, Batman. sorry bro you could have just said the actor's name <laughs> I don't know it otherwise I would have because it sounds really cringe but, no, but, he, but he, he says and he's writing what he's saying you, you either die the hero or you live long enough to become the villain mm. and I think that's bang on the money yeah because you can do something fantastic but on a long enough time scale yeah. the way this world works and the way the press works find a way to demonise you yeah. and then you'll be taken down just like we see with the presidents and everything else yeah. that happens Like that, that, that's just the way that it goes so yeah. I probably should just leave that alone now and just live my life. And like the people that matter to me, they know the story. Yeah. The brands that I was working with before I went away, you know, are, 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 they're not concerned. They, yeah. know, they know it's old news and everything yeah. else. So it, it, it's and it did come back and bite you on the arse recently. I mean, we were talking about it off air, but you 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 you've had this challenge with a with a gym now as well, haven't you? Oh yeah, it never ends. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, yeah, it, it, it's making it difficult for me to even rehabilitate as a normal person, never mind yeah. to, to then go above and beyond and try and help other people yeah. as well. Like the, I'm due to open my third gym. It was due to open three weeks ago today. Um, and we were four months into the negotiations for the property. Everything was fantastic. Everybody was happy. Yeah. We turned up to get the keys. We had a two o'clock meeting to get the keys. So I had all my tradesmen meters there. We had engineers from, from Bolton. We had, you know, every, all the plumbers were there, yeah. the electricians, everybody's ready to get in, get the sites, get the keys, exchange yeah. the contract. 10 to 2, no one turns up. 2 o'clock, no one turns up. I'm ringing for an hour. Stood outside in the rain. Yeah. It's only a few weeks ago. 
no answer, no answer. Ring the director of the company, no answer. It's a ten past three, so we're an hour, hour and ten late now. I get an email to say that the whole deal's been pulled because yeah. the bank of the freeholder apparently has seen, become aware of my history and gone, we don't want any association with that. Yeah. So they pull the rug from under us whilst we're stood outside the building in the rain waiting to get the keys after four months That's of negotiating. Insane, isn't it? Yeah, whilst our equipment is due into port in the following week. So I put a... I send them an email back and forth. And I'm like, you know, can't we just resolve it? Take my name out of it. Just, you know, put it in my business partner's name. I don't need to be on it. Like my, my ego isn't bothered in the slightest if I'm attached to it legally. Yeah. No, we're not interested. We're drawing a line under it. That's the end of it. That's yeah. that. So it puts a post up on social media. That just explains the situation. So look, we've been, you know, it, it's clearly prejudice. There's not, you know, there's, there's, there's no reason why they should. It's just simply, oh, well, you did something wrong nearly yeah. a decade ago. Yeah. We're not going to do business with you. Simple yeah. as that. And it's ironic because the banking question is HSBC and they are probably the biggest money launderer in the world. Like they've been penalized multiple times for, for, for handling the cartel's money. You're talking billions, Shit, not really? trillions. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been hit a lot of times with, with big fees yeah. for basically just accommodating the cartel's money. So they're the biggest money launderers in the world. Yeah. But because I got involved in some some nonsense nearly a decade ago, oh, we can't, we can't, we can't attach yeah. ourselves to that. Yeah. So I put a post up on social media, explained the situation. I said, look, I'll catch you into port in a few days. We've been messed around by these. You know, it gets quite a lot of traction, a lot of support on it. Yeah. Following day, I have the regional director of the company on the phone to me. He's like, Nick, look, we, we don't want to end up in the Daily Mail. Yeah. How can we make this a bit Oh, better? fucking yeah, hell, yeah. yeah. So, so we're in talks to try and resolve that situation, and it, it, it it's still looking quite difficult. But after me putting that post up, I mentioned that our equipment was coming into Liverpool port oh, in the coming hell. weeks. Yeah. Somebody has seen that. Oh, shit. Rang <laughs> Peel Port in Liverpool and said, Nick Capo's bringing in 344 containers. I think they're full of drugs. <laughs> <laughs> so the equipment arrives at Liverpool port. Yeah. And I didn't think, I didn't think twice about putting it in my name because I'm like, I haven't been involved in any of that nearly a decade. Like, I and yeah. what if it's in my name? Let them search it. I don't care. Yeah. It's just going to vindicate me if they do search. Like, that's yeah. fine. It's not a problem. Now, on average, one in every 1,000 containers gets x-rayed at the ports. Just They just pull one out. You know, we'll, we'll check it and then whatever from there. All three of our containers get selected for x-ray. Now, the, the weird thing about it all is, and it's, obviously it's a, it's a HMRC process, yeah. so there's no arguing it. You then pay them for the x-ray. So it's £200 per x-ray per container. So £600 for the x-rays. That's insane. Then they've made the decision after the x-ray to open the containers up. So they've cut the security seals off them all done what's called turning them out. Yeah. So they pulled everything out. These are 40-foot containers, double-stacked, like packed to the brim. It would take yeah. you three hours just to unload a container. Yeah, so just pulled, one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, So they pulled all three containers off, opened them, pulled them all apart. So then you pay an extra £1,000 per container for the search. It's taken them over two weeks. And whilst they conduct their affairs, you pay £660 per day in storage fees. So we're already, we've not even got the equipment yet, so we're already at about 15 grand bill because someone's made a false tip off, but then the bill then falls on us, which I think's preposterous. We that got, is we, mad. We got an email back yesterday from, from Customs to say that uh, they can't even get 15 of the pallets back in the container. So we've got, we must have trashed Oh, so everything. you got 15 pallets. That so, so I've got three foot containers full of stuff. They've yeah. emptied them all out, put as much back in as they could get in, and there's still 15 pallets they can't fit back in the containers that they pulled apart in the first place. Oh, the billy for that as well? The bill is for that as well. <gasps> plus the 15 grand in, in time that they spent Fuck searching me. it. For a search that nothing was found at all, all because of a false tip-off that somebody's rang in. Fuck me. Isn't it? So now, it's so insane, now, man. So the agreement we've got with the, with this new landlord is if it goes through, is that I can I can never be director of my company again. Yeah. 
or be a significant sh- uh, person, a person of significant control. So I can't have shares either. Yeah. So for the rest of my life, I can't. Well, be- because the landlord. Yeah. That's fucking. Because surely that's in, got nothing to do with him. It would put us in breach of the lease. Ah, shit, so then okay. we default on the lease. Yeah. The lease is the lease is probably worth about half a million or something like over the, over the time Christ. of the thing. So then they come after us for that. Yeah. So I can't be legally attached to my business. Mm-hmm. I can't legally import anything in my name. Clearly. So I, 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 it, as, and as I was saying, you know, just before, how are you meant to rehabilitate when everything's stacked against you? Like before, I've even entered the conversation of what can I do to help other people now. Yeah. I can't even help myself. Yeah. Because you are penalised from the minute you are, you know, but people make people make mistakes. Yeah. I made more than one. I've made hell of a lot more than one. Yeah. But people make mistakes, and you are defined by that for the rest of your life. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that, and that that's mm-hmm. that's a dangerous place to enter into because you're leaving people no choice. Yeah. If you if you if you were in my position and you were just a you know a, you didn't have anything to fall back on, you didn't have a support network, you've just come out of jail for dealing drugs, and as I said before, you've lost everything: mortgage, wife, job yeah. prospects, everything. What are you gonna do? You're gonna go straight back to the only thing you know you can make money from. You're gonna go back to selling drugs, yeah. and our, our, that's why our reoffending rate in this country is so high. Yeah. Like, like we have so many prolif- prolific reoffenders in this country. Like the, the the reoffending rate, as far as far as it's documented, is like fifty five percent or something like that. So yeah. you, you step outside of a prison, you flip a coin, heads or tails, the chances. And you them are the only one, them the ones that are being caught, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. So you add in the people that aren't being caught, yeah. you're probably closer to seventy percent, maybe more. Yeah. Which means nearly every single person that comes out of prison for an offence like drugs is coming back in for an offence like dr- like drugs. Yeah. But we haven't changed the system. We just carry on. Everything's fine. Don't Hold on, don't you learn like woodwork in that in jail? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which which is which is like super. Yeah. You you either pack tea bags into a plastic bag and seal them, or you're in like a woodwork shop where you just cut yeah. battens. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It, it's noddy noddy shops. We call them. Yeah, noddy shops. Noddy shops. Yeah. So you you're on a production line like. Sewing labels into boxer shorts or something. Oh, do you know what I mean? There, there's no, there's, you can't take any value from that yeah. at all. Yeah. And once you're put into prison, what you find is it has the opposite effect of what you wanted to have. So you put a small, uh, a small league drug dealer in prison. Okay, so now they've lost all the stuff I told you about. The wife's gone, everything yeah. else, all that's gone. Yeah. But whilst they're in prison, they've been able to network. You put a small time drug dealer in with people from all over the country yeah. on all different levels of the game. Yeah, they've just extended their network and now they get out. They can't get a job. They've got no wife, no nothing, no nothing, no nothing. But, but I've got contacts. But I've got contacts. Uh, and you go straight back into that again. And yeah. you, you and you can't break that cycle unless you are going to offer something for offenders, re- re- rehabilitated offenders to come out to, right, okay, you've got a social housing, you've got somewhere to go. Yeah. You've got your job in Tesco on a trial basis. Yeah. Like you, you need them things in place to prevent people from going back to what, yeah. to what they know. Yeah. We don't do any of that. There's no aftercare. There's no care whilst you're there. Yeah. There's no aftercare. So the fact that our re-offending re- rates are, are into the seven, into the 70%, so mm. it, it, it's not surprising at yeah. all. But we're not going to change it yeah. because there's so much money to be made in the justice system. Mm. Why would they change it? It wouldn't make any sense to. Like We've had this war on drugs for, for to the extent it is now for, what, 40 years? Yeah. And it has been a horrendous failure across the world. You adopt, you adopt a model like Portugal where they go, right, okay, we're going to stop t- people who are caught with small amounts. We're going to stop treating them like criminals and yeah. treating them like people who could maybe have help, they could yeah. maybe use safer. Yeah. Let's give them access to education. What are yeah. the risks? How can you do it safely if you are going to do it? Let's stop demonizing people that need help yeah. and give them the help that they need and stop spending billions, billions and billions and billions of pounds and dollars on putting people into prison and processing people. And let's put that into into care. Yeah. Let's put that into mental health projects, let's put that into uh, into needle exchanges that are, that are clean. 
you know, let, let, let's focus on prevention and rehabilitation than just let's just keep penalizing people over and over because yeah. it is not working. Our yeah. prisons are bursting at the seams. You know, drug, drug addiction is rife outside of prison, inside of prison, and yeah. there's no education, there's no support system, there's nothing because we keep spending all our resources on just punishment, 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 punishment. And a lot of them people who are in prison, they just need a bit of help. Yeah. And if somebody was to give them a little bit of help, they'd get out of that. Yeah. But there's no support network. There's no nothing. There's nobody saying, right, I'm going to give you an opportunity. It's kind of like there's not enough incentive for them. There isn't. There's yeah. none. There's none. And and, and that's, where it, that's where it should be in, in, incentivized. Yeah. If you've kept your head down through prison, then we're going to give you opportunities when you get out. Yeah. If you're an asshole in prison, we're going to give you fuck all. Yeah. And that's how it should be. Yeah. It should be. I'm not saying, right, let's let a prolific offender who's an absolute nightmare, let's get him out and give him a job in a house on yeah. a nice street. I'm not yeah. saying that whatsoever. But if yeah. you've ticked all the boxes through your prison sentence, yeah. You should be afforded the opportunity to go on and actually make something of your life other than getting out. Like I've, I've got a mate who works in the gym for us because you can get a gym anywhere else and he got sentenced to 16 years. So he has an eight-year probation license. Yeah. He's been on probation six years. And they have never done a thing for him at sure. all. He goes in once a month, sits down like me and you are now. Right. How is everything? Yeah, it's fine. Okay, fine. See you in a month. That's it. Yeah. That's the extent of probation's involvement yeah. in your rehabilitation. Yeah. So it, 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 it's fucked. And I have absolutely no idea how we've ended up on this topic. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nick, I could do this for fucking hours, mate, but it's been a fucking absolute pleasure. I've learned a lot. I've had a fucking blast talking to you, mate. Thank you so much. Thank you. Longer Tremendous. You. Thank you, Bro, brother. Thank you so much.